Yo, what's up, guys? I just want to thank uh, the Good Guys Detail. The Good Guys Detail are based out of Austin, Texas, but this month alone, the month of November, for all the Houston-based crowd, if you mention Gravity Lab Radio, they are a mobile detail shop. They will come to you here in Houston. They will do the Ceramic uh, Pro coating for your car. It's a three-stage polish. It is a coating on it that makes your car hydroscopic, hydrophobic. I don't know big words. It makes the water go away like mad. It makes mud come off. It's super clean. It's super clear. Uh, it's normally about an $800 to $950 value. So for uh, $700, mention Gravity Lab. Check out the Good Guys Details. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, the Good Guys Detail TX, or you can uh, look them up on the interwebs. If you're not looking for something nice and fancy for your car, they do basic detailing. They do uh, uh, mobile detailing. Give them a holler. Whether you have a boat, an RV, a car, all of the above, they are a one-stop shop. Andreas and his crew do a really knockout job. I know my car looks super dope, super fly. Can't thank them enough. Also want to throw a shout out to the Rating Center. The Rating Center is my home. It is my friends. It is my family. Um, I get to run that school, but it is a lot of great guys. Tonight's episode, my good buddy uh, Henry Pruitt, Hank, Hank the Tank, is on the show, and Hank is one of our examiners. If you are looking for people like Hank, if you're looking for people who care, who are compassionate, who love, that is one of the things that we require of the crew that actually comes out of the Rating Center. Absolutely. Other people out there care. Other people love just as much. But I don't think you'll find a group who love uh, who, who love more than these folks do. Aaron does a great job with our tandems. We do offer Spanish-speaking tandem courses. So if you're a tandem instructor, uh, we do. Actually, I say we. Aaron speaks Spanish. And uh, she will be doing coach courses in Spanish sometime soon as well. So if you're looking for AFF rating, coach rating, tandem rating, doesn't matter. We can do your courses. We're based out of Spaceland Houston, Spaceland Dallas, and Spaceland San Marcos. We have a wonderful relationship with the Spaceland family. Uh, we can also travel to your drop zone, theratingscenter.com, ratings with an S. Check us out, www.theratingscenter.com. You can also find us on Facebook under The Rating Center. Give us a holler, man. Let us know what your needs are. We also teach basic canopy courses, do canopy coaching. Uh, my buddy DQ, XRW Pilot, he is not only doing basic canopy coaching right now, but we're developing an XRW uh, program. So if you want to learn anything from low performance to high performance, we can help you with those needs. Guys, gals, enough of that shenanigans. I have my good friend Hank the Tank, Henry Pruitt, visiting me tonight. I met Henry at first in 06 uh, in a coach course where he broke his ass. He actually broke it before he showed up for that course. Sat in the corner, laid on the ground, couldn't sit up straight, but a uh, man made a brother for life. He's full of smiles. He's full of laughs. You can't find a bigger heart or a more caring man. So uh, thank you guys for listening to this, and uh, enjoy Henry as much as I enjoy having him in my life. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Live. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Gentle, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Wait, can you hear me? I can't hear you. I can't hear me either. Oh, dude. So, guys, gals, if you're uh, listening to this, please be patient. We are fidgeting with audio I got today. It. There you go. Sweet. I had too many sliders to deal with. Oh, man. Do you miss Justin right now? Yeah. Justin Grubbs is our man behind the desk. He's our producer. Um, he stays fairly busy. Have you watched him back there? 
Uh, yeah, he's the he's the king of the buttons, I'd say. Dude, I uh, when when I'm more hosting, I sit here and I chill with Hank, and Hank the Tank is with us tonight. I'm more engaged with Hank. But when you were hosting Carlos, I was dude, I was straight up at times lost. I was yeah, it's easy to get caught listening, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was having a staring contest with Justin, but I couldn't keep his attention because he's a busy little fucking beaver over there, man. So uh, you got the show started. I think <laughs> I think I've successfully done it. Let me see. Yep, the buttons are working. I'm on TV. This is going great. And Justin's having his birthday dinner right now. Happy birthday to Justin. Man, yeah, he's actually uh, going deer hunting. He's going to go kill an animal, and he's going to, uh, vegans, celebrate <laughs> in the blood of the animal. <laughs> no, uh, he likes to stalk his feet. <laughs> he doesn't just hunt for fun. He actually likes to stalk with the meat, so he does eat what he shoots. Have you have you ever been a hunter? Have you done that? I can't, Man, no. Uh, I'm, not ag- I'm not against it. It's okay. People do it. The idea of killing an animal right now is hard for me to accept. When, la- when was the last time you ate meat? Mm, mm, the last couple days. Well, somebody killed that guy. Yeah, yeah, but I don't have to do it, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's hard for me. See, that's what I like about the thought of hunting. Is I want, I'm aware of that disconnect that most people have, mm-hmm. and I want to not have that disconnect. I just want to understand. I want to have a, a, bid, a big look at the big picture, you know? I thought you were saying biblical. <laughs> have you ever killed an animal? Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah? Yeah, I went... Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, we would go. I guess I, I guess I did kill a fish recently. Hank knows what I'm talking about. Hank yeah. likes to kill fish. He's how killing m- flounder right now. How many fish you kill this week? This well, four, but I only kept two. But I didn't mean to kill two of them. I just they swallowed the hook. <laughs> well, that's what they get for being idiots, right? It was, well, that's what, that's, you get for, that's what I get for being a bad fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, as a kid, I would uh, go hunting with uh, my uncle. But I mean. I didn't have a real gun. I had a pellet gun, so I'd kill little squirrels and whatever. Man, I, uh, I've i considered it. I got a good buddy who uh, owns a ranch out in west of San Antonio. Bunch of, bunch of acreage, 120 head of cattle on there, deer, elk, a couple other things. Uh, thought about it. Haven't, haven't brought myself to it yet. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it for the meat. I'm going to kill the harvest. I'm going to have what you, you know, you're talking about, that underst- that connection to your food. Um, A, man, it'd be hard to do. B, I'm definitely paying somebody to process it because I, man, blood on a TV show makes me squeamish. See, I think it would be different if it was actually in your hands, you put the thing away, you come up to it, you've got your hands on it. I think taking its guts out would just feel like a normal part of the process. You don't think? Nah, dude. If I saw you with like a little cut on your hand, I'd look away. I, I can't take the sight of blood, guts, cuts open, man. See, I don't like blood or guts in a situation that I'm not in control of, like that I don't have an active part in. Yeah. Like, if I'm bleeding, it's fine. Yes. If you're bleeding and I'm tending to you, that's also fine. No. But if Hank's bleeding and you're tending to Hank and I'm watching that happen, nope, I don't, I don't need to be there. Man, I, uh, I've been thinking about it. About six months ago was my first exposure or chance to, and, and I might one day. If you're interested... Let's talk after the show. I am interested. Let's talk. I uh, I will help you eat the meat. <laughs> okay. I mean, a deer's a lot of meat. Yeah, for sure. I can't eat all that. And having some of that meat in my house and using it for the next several months might help me go like, okay, I like the deer meat. I like having it around. That's part of it is is my my uh, experience with venison is mixed. You get a lot of deer meat, Hank? Uh, I like deer meat a lot when it's when it's done right, when it's marinated and, and the gamey taste is... Uh 
a little lesson. But see, uh, <laughs> I've been watching this show called Meat Eater a lot. Steve Ranella. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. you've heard Rogan talk about him. Uh, he's got a show on Netflix, and I think I've watched every episode of every season by now. But there's a, a gland on the deer on its hind legs that for most people that have really gamey meat is because they haven't paid attention to that gland and they've contaminated the rest of the animal with that gland. And uh, I think if you go with somebody who knows what they're doing, which I'm not the guy. Is that I'm the same the gland that the dog uses when he drags his butt across my... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man, that's smelly low gland. The, the ass race gland, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the same. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this guy, my buddy Scott, he... He's solid. I'm, I'm sure he would be able to get you in the right direction in the right places. Maybe Thanks. one day I'll, I'll stop being a pussy. You want to go murder some deer, Hank? I, yeah, just not with my car. <laughs> with your car? What's wrong with your car? Oh, nothing. My car's running really good right now. It just it seems like the only deers I've ever murdered happen to be with my car. Have or you my hit mother's a, car. You've hit a deer? Oh, I've hit a couple of them. <laughs> what's, that, what's that like? It's kind of traumatic. I've always had a fear of that. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. They do a lot of damage. And, well... I didn't really hit them. They hit me. Like they hit you, they T-boned you? Like, yeah, right in the door. All I remember seeing is like the deer's head in the window looking <laughs> at me, Boston playing on the radio as I went sailing off of this cliff. It was like a four-foot cliff. Landed <laughs> in this field, snow all over the place. The cops, they didn't even bother. To, they didn't even ask me if I was drinking or anything. They are like, obviously, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But it was a brand new car. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Oh dear. But if you guys want to well, go hunting, we just got to find something for Cheryl to do on Tuesdays. Where did this happen? Your your the, deer. The deer. Oh, yeah. that was in Connecticut. Are they everywhere up there? Oh yeah, big deer. Deer in Texas, or around here anyway, are pretty small compared to bunch of pussy ass deer. Yeah, I don't New see them here very often. Every once in a while, I'll see a, you know two or three on the side of the highway just grazing, but that's very rare. There's, yeah, I don't see a whole lot down here, but up in New Braunfels and stuff. Yeah, all over the place. Dude, we went to Lake Travis recently, and backing out of the driveway to leave the place, there was a deer, uh, one driveway over, uh, almost ran over a deer, not almost ran over, could have, <laughs> if I was, no, no, nah, nah. <laughs> if we, if I was speeding down the road, I could have hit a deer at any given point, I drive sure. like a sane man, you've ridden with me, I drive like a pussy, um, so deer all over up there. Yeah. So our guest tonight, man, all now that we're sidetracked, is Hank the Tank, Henry Pruitt. Woo! Woo, Hank, how you been, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Were you about to dance? I w- yeah, I like to dance. <laughs> what is what kind of dance is that you're doing? I don't I don't know. That's my happy dance, I guess. Y- you know that your uh, <laughs> your performance uh, of Big Balls yeah. was a big motivator for the uh the karaoke, karaoke night. That's funny. No, you killed that shit. Oh dude. I still watch that video every once in a while. Right? I, I get yeah, every once in a while people repost it and I crack up. I actually, uh, Nick made one of our, our previews for the show with uh, Carlos, the first time Carlos was on, with a video of him eating a seatbelt. And I <laughs> almost copied that idea and took Hank's video of Big Balls off of you, uh, Facebook and uh, did that. But uh, it's for you, Nick, that's probably easy work. For me, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to start thinking and working. This is hard. So I, I gave up. Yeah, I don't think I could eat a whole oh. seatbelt. <laughs> I'll I'll see if I can find that video and, and share it. Of Hank? Yeah. Yeah. Um so Hank, you were a big motivator for the film festival. Mm-hmm. Will you do big balls at the next film festival? At the Are next you film about karaoke night? Karaoke night, thank you. Oh. <laughs> God damn. That's okay. It's only because you had to do stop me from saying film festival a minute ago that it was in your brain. Do we have a date for the next karaoke night? Not yet. Okay, then I'll say yes. 
sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, we don't have a date. I'm waiting for some scheduling things. Some things coming up. Uh, we're gonna try to schedule a date as soon as, as soon as we can. Um, when did we do it last year? April, May, somewhere around there. We're gonna do it around the same time frame. It was May. It was May. Um, we're gonna do it at night. Pull out some stuff. Act like a fool. Have a good time. Right. So Hank, you uh, have been skydiving. I know we go over this before, but. Oh, that's there. This is Hank singing, yo. That's my voice. Are people watching this right now? Oh, yeah. yeah. People are seeing that shit. We've got the biggest balls of them all. <laughs> I really did crush I it. I was in Dallas uh, when this was happening, and I'm sitting there long fucking day. When, when I do my road trips, I'm, I'm commonly working. 12, 14 hour days and it was the end of a day and I pull out my phone and I, I was having a good time. I wasn't stressed or anything, but just loaded. And I'm, oh my God, I lost it. I was a laugh I needed when I needed it. A lot of people asked me when I fell off the wagon. <laughs> that was, believe it or not, that was completely <laughs> sober. So you have been sober for how long? Uh, this February 5th will be nine years. We bragged about doing a month, Nick. <laughs> And we're not oh, really that's good. You know, I had my first beer at twenty six. So I kinda went a while. Yeah, dude. <laughs> twenty six. I had my first beer when I was younger, but not not as young as most people. So nine years. What drove you to sobriety? Uh the Hank's back boogie. After two <laughs> years of being sober, I decided I could throw myself a party. Sorry, there's an encore. Sometimes when I hit well, the uh, just fast forward. No, when I hit the buttons to change the cameras over here, sometimes it still talks to the other uh, web browser and does crazy things. Yeah. So Hank, Hank's back, Boogie. Tell me about this. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of my hiatuses back and forth from Spaceland to San Marcos. I uh, I asked if I could throw myself a boogie, <laughs> and they said sure. So I had people come from all over Texas and the country to come down and hang out and skydive with me where I proceeded to get completely obliterated the first night and made three jumps at my own three-day boogie and threw <laughs> up after each one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an awesome time. It so would last me a lifetime. Uh, you went back to San Marcos mm -hmm. and said, I want to throw myself a boogie. Yeah. Okay. Um, what a great way to start back. I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Did you ever live it down? Do they, anytime they see you, do they remind you? Oh, it's it's still talked about, yeah, for yeah. sure. It was a legendary party. I am shocked I haven't heard it. It was. Uh, I'll show you the T-shirt. <laughs> you, you didn't come to karaoke night, did you? No, I was uh, sick. Okay, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. You're faking being sick. I'm always sick. Yeah. Old man's mental. Bed early. I probably did that too. Don't worry, Carlos is quite a bit younger than you, and he's got to go home and go to bed real early. Carlos, he's probably in bed by now. So you, uh, you've got. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah. thank you guys for doing this early. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, I had a, a long day. No, I. It started yesterday. Oh yeah, man. Where have you been? <laughs> I was in. Sorry, Sisters, Hank. Oregon, for the last couple of days. Oh, I love it's, Sisters. Uh, the Velocity Sports Production Facility. Have you been to Sisters? I have. What were you doing there? Vacationing. Vacationing. Mm -hmm. Did man. some mountain biking. Did some hiking. So in the summertime of year then. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it had to be June because I'm pretty sure it was 
the end of a trip for my birthday. But yeah. I'm so old now, my memory's kind of shot. Might not even been my vacation. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I might not even went there. Just thought about it one day. <laughs> no, I went there. I dropped a bicycle. I, there's a nice trail kind of out from the bike shop. I don't know if anything's the same as it was, but you go kind of out and down and around this trail and they didn't have the handlebars tight on the front of the bike and the trail turned and I <laughs> turned the handlebars and the bike went straight off into the... It was pretty... This pretty is your cool. second story already of you flying off the road somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I didn't start the first one, but this one... Asian drivers... <laughs> Wait a minute, you're white. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was well, that... I don't know. I might have been a little... Asian? At that point. <laughs> Man, so Nick, what were you doing uh, visiting VSE? Uh, yeah, visiting our friends up there at uh, Velocity Sports. I got to talk with uh, Kelly Farrington quite a bit about the MARD system that they're developing. Mm -hmm. Got to see the rig that you'll be test jumping. Yeah. Is it the one that had a do not jump sticker on it? Yeah, that we uh, <laughs> Kelly Stitch picked that off. <laughs> Shit. So now it doesn't say not to jump it. There are two sets of risers on the three ring. I know, <laughs> I know how it works. I'm, I'm I think, with you. I think I, I'm supposed to tell you, so hopefully I remember. Okay. But he's going to ship that rig pretty soon. It's all packed up. Ooh, so uh, I have three cutaways. Well, that number's going to grow. 8,400 jumps. And Velocity Sports Equipment has been uh, quietly researching a MARD for quite a while and then has been talking about it publicly. And we're to the point, uh, I say we, Velocity Sports Equipment's to the point where they're ready to start pushing this into production soon. So we're going to do some test jumps on the system. Uh, Nick and I and Rory are going to work together, I think, on this project. And uh, I'm going to have more cutaways. So That's exciting. Uh, dude, I haven't cut away since 03. I'm kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> I had a cutaway in about a month. Oh, man. How many cutaways? <laughs> do you, we keep going back to Hank. How many cutaways do you have? F 15 cutaways, one total. Tell me about the total. That's one of my biggest fears. That was the, that was the, the naked total. <laughs> you the, weren't here the for story. the story. Tell you it again. You, weren't you were here last time. No. 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 This yeah. is your third time on the show. This is my first time being here. Are oh, you on kidding the show. me? No. The other two, I was, I was out of town on the first one for sure. Ben Nelson hosted there was with me. Yeah. And then the second one, maybe I was sick or something? Uh, I don't remember, man. Justin covered it, though. Justin had you covered. But yeah, I didn't hear this story, so I don't give a shit that other people have. Okay. I want to hear it. Well, my friend Amy, beautiful Amy, wanted to do a naked jump for her 100th jump. So, you know, of course I want to go on the, her 100th jump and celebrate it with her. Beautiful Amy. <laughs> Sorry, Cheryl. Boobies. But <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, so me, Amy, and and uh, a different Tim Kelly, naked Tim Kelly, the camera guy, were on the jump in late October in upstate New York. And as we came out the door in a free fly exit, I slid past her because I don't have any suit and I fall <laughs> like a homesick bowling ball. Her foot grabbed my cutaway cable and pulled one of the cables out. So she goes to her belly, looks at me, gives me the signal that, I'm in trouble. And I was like, oh, man. So I pulled the cutaway handle out. I showed it to the naked camera guy, and he tells me to pull. So I pulled the reserve at 10,000 feet, and it was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. That's what you told everyone when you landed, at least, right? It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, everybody was there yelling, here's grass in your ass. Where'd you put your handles? The free bag landed on the roof of the neighbor's farm. 
Where did you put your handles? You hang on to them? I put stuck in my mouth. That's smart. I thought he hung it from his cock. It's like a rack, bro. <laughs> oh wait, it was yeah. cold. I have, it was cold. I have never ever lost a set of handles or even one handle. You ever lost handles on your on your few cutaways? Yeah, we told this story I think last time where I threw my handles. Okay, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I was only asking so I could tell a story about me. Right. Bring it. I dropped my handles. other than that my other two i've kept my handles i actually uh, on my second cutaway cut away and felt myself trying to hold on i had to instinctually hold on it was just instinct to want to let go (coughs) a lot of jumpers are taught to cut away get rid of the handle throw it away it's in your way and go ahead and pull your reserve handle i'm not against that but man your hands are pretty fucking big you can cut away and then the other hand grabs a reserve handle, and the hand that's already full is the backup, so you don't need two hands to grab. So uh, I don't mind teaching new jumpers getting rid of that cutaway handle that's in your way. But, man, keep both handles. Shove them in your jumpsuit. Yeah. Don't put them in your mouth if you can help it. They're not real sanitary. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've landed them in my hands, my suit, my mouth. I've just never thrown them. They had me so scared when I was learning to skydive because it was... 20 bucks for everything. Yes. Anytime you did anything wrong, it was. Did you learn on a ripcord? I learned on a ripcord. Same thing, dude. Never Hold on to that ripcord, 20 either. bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I learned. And then I had eight jumps with a ripcord. And they transitioned me to a pilot chute. Hung on to that motherfucker <laughs> for a minute. <laughs> how many times did you practice throwing it on the ground? <laughs> the training where I learned was not thorough. Yeah. So I would say I was told to throw it and practice it zero times. Did you you transition from? I did. Yeah. How many? Jeffro and Ken Jobski made me throw it repeatedly because they knew I was kind of a tart. <laughs> uh, Carmen Molnix <laughs> taught my class, uh, and she did my transition, and she was a very thorough teacher. Um, man, I to this day got a lot of respect for the way she taught, and she made me throw that fucker probably half a dozen or more times, and I threw it. Miles I, remembered me holding onto that ripcord so much that when he went to teach me to base jump. <laughs> He stopped me right before I jumped and was like, wait, wait, wait. He's like, you're going to throw it, right? And I'm like, fuck yeah. He's like, okay, go. Man, that's one thing that always, I, I will forget sometimes I remember more and more. You're actually not just friends. You're good friends with Miles Dasher. I, I would love to rekindle and see him again. I'm, I've, we've been friends for years and years. And man, I, don't, I definitely don't talk to those guys enough. Man, it's so weird how we lose touch of our friends from the past. I want to stay in touch better with people, but how many people do they say you can re- involve in your life at one time? Isn't there a number? 150 is Dunbar's number. Yeah. Who's Dunbar? It's a really good question. I'm going to have to ask Wikipedia. Yeah. I'm definitely higher than that number. But it's uh, Nick, <laughs> explain the Dunbar number. Uh, let me just uh, read it to you straight from... Fullcontact.com. I don't know the fuck that is. Robin Dunbar <laughs> is a very smart man, an anthropologist, and evolutionary psychologist. Dunbar's fame largely focuses around a single number, 150. The theory of Dunbar's number posits that 150 is the number of individuals with whom one person can maintain stable relationships. Ah, stable. Hence the word. 150. Yeah, stable is, I guess. So. And stable doesn't necessarily mean uh, volatile, bad, but stable, like they're always present, always in, in that life. Man. I'm still got to be pushing that number, if not more. Oh, I believe it, man. You're one of the friendliest guys I know. You make friends with uh, every single student you come across. What's that? It's fun to make friends. It is, dude. You enjoy it. You love it. Oh, I love it. So you have how many jumps now? (laughs) Uh, Just short of 12,500. 
And how many of those are tandem skydives? 6,600 and change. And do you know how many of those are AFF or coach, which STP is the combination? Yeah, 3,500 are AFF and coach jumps. So go back to the tandem numbers. 6,600. Okay, I want to round them together real quick. So that's 10,000 student jumps. 10,000 student jumps, man. And and it's so funny because I hear people regularly say, yo, I fun jump. Um, Every work jump is a fun jump for me. And I don't always believe people when they say every work jump is a fun jump. And I don't think you would say every work jump is a fun jump. But no, some most are work. Of, yeah. But most of them are fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. They are. They, I, I have fun even when I'm being a dick. Dude, it's it's <laughs> it's so hard, man. And first of all, being dicks, man, we, we try our best to deliver good messages. But some people don't understand that about about good people is you'll have an instructor. You'll have somebody walk up to you on a drop zone and say, hey, yo, bro, you know you just did this. This is dangerous. You could kill yourself. And the message or the delivery might be total shit, but you're so busy helping and catering to so many people that you took the time to come tell this other jumper, hey, watch yourself. Realize that Hank sometimes, and myself as well, come across as a dick, not because we mean to. It's That's how much time we're limited, and we don't realize we say things the way we do. He's taking the extra time to care and, and to give out that information. So, yeah. Why yeah. do you, why do you um, what do you think keeps that passion for you? Why do you think you enjoy student jumps so much? Well, I I've always said it, and people think I'm crazy, but I, I love doing tandems the most, and just sharing the adventure with them, and turning it on to something that can potentially change their life or their outlook, just making them happy. I I love that, and then the the student aspect of it is kind of the same but it but it definitely takes a different road because at that point you know the first the first handful of jumps I'm pretty much a drill sergeant once I know that you know how to save your life and that you know what's expected and you do it then it's just two bros going out and and then we truly are just going out and having fun and I'm and I'm coaching and I'm filming and I'm and we're having a good time I try to Try to be light in the plane, but I'm serious on when we're when we're doing our our training. You're one, you're one of the more thorough trainers I've ever met, and something that both you and JP Finari could be accused of, and I think this is a wonderful accusation, is on the early low level jumps. You spend so much time investing and involving them on the ground. Um, some could say that you could overload them on the ground, and I don't think ne- neither you nor JP do that mo- most of the time. We all are guilty yeah, of that at some point. Yeah, it happens once in a while. I yeah, can yeah. usually see it when I do it. But I see people do it for sure. What you and JP do is you invest sound time, not too much in most cases. And then, like you said, now you can go skydive like your bros, where so many instructors just teach the bare minimums on the ground, and they never get to hang out with a buddy. I've never really thought about it in that context. Yeah, I've... I mean that's where I'm I'm pulling those numbers over 150 because I consider every student, every person I jump with, every person that I that I interact with, I, I consider them of of my friends, of my family, uh, almost like my children. Mm-hmm. I mean, some are not my children, some are my peers and and the people I look up, my mentors. Mm-hmm. But but a lot of them are. I mean, they're they're I. I treat them like my kids. I I love them like my kids, and I would be devastated if anything happened to them. So, 
There's no doubt, man, if you've ever worked with Hank uh, as a student. And, you know, we see it as coworkers, we see it as peers, we see it as jumpers. But if you've ever been a student, you'll understand it better than anybody. Um, if you've ever trained with them, you, 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 you care a shitload. Oh, yeah, I want, them, I want them to succeed. I want them to meet their goals. But I definitely don't want them to get hurt. Yeah. So you've done this to, to keep that passion, that pride not every instructor has been able to do that. What would you say, what, what advice would you give somebody? Because you've, a little history on you, you struggled for a while with being content and being happy in the sport. Oh, uh, and, yeah. And to the today, we also struggle with that. But at some point, I watched you turn a major corner where you went from chasing all this happiness to being happy and, and being very happy and loving what you do. What did it for you? Well... I can't, I can't say that that I did it, or or any one thing in skydiving did it for me. I would have to give credit where the credit is due to to my wife Cheryl, who I still do not understand how or why she loves me and and is so good to me. You who make me cry all the damn time. <laughs> And you, I mean, and I have never had anybody love me like you do. And I'm, I'm actually getting teary-eyed. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you, man. man, you know, and like, um, you guys helped me figure out that it's okay to, for me to go and do things by myself. Like that was a hard thing for me to do. I never wanted to be by myself. Part of skydiving, I think, replaced partying for me on a on a mental physical and chemical level like with the addiction part of of being an alcoholic and just just partying all the time whatever else you know we all did with i i but it's social i never really am by myself when i'm skydiving when i'm with my buddies at the drop zone but i learned and I don't, and i can't pinpoint it i hate to circumvent the question but no, I, no. I can't pinpoint when I figured out it's okay for me to wake up at four in the morning and go fishing by myself and not feel guilty about that, you know, and, and, yeah. and just, I, I've learned to take some time to do some things that I want to do. And actually it's funny. It sticks out in my mind, but like easy Eric Boyd mm -hmm. told me a, a while ago, it was a few years back when I was, I was, uh, Jason Hyder was helping me sort this out too and it's it, wow this is turning into like a therapy session instead of a <laughs> podcast but he helped but it, jason's like dude wake up and go do what you want to do the weather's going to be crap tomorrow and i love to go swim and then something happened to where the the hours of the pool changed or something to where i couldn't wake up and go swim and eric's just like man life's too short he's like if you need to go swim take a damn day off and go swim. He's like, don't feel guilty about it. And I did it, and it felt weird. But that's, those are the points that have gotten me to where I'm pretty, I'm pretty content now. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not always happy. But in general, you are happy all the I'm, time. Yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm happy being with my friends. I'm happiest when I'm, when I'm doing stuff. But I'm not distraught or desolate when I'm by myself. And you're enjoying, you're in a good place in life. I'm in a good place in life. I got a nice house. I got a great wife. I got a good job. I got people that 
I, man, when things go bad, so many people offer me things that I, I actually feel kind of guilty. I'm like, I really appreciate the offers, but I don't need that much help, which is kind of cool. Like there was time when I needed it all. I needed all the help. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool to, to see you've grown and turned these corners. Uh, you know, a lot of these are, are conversations we've had, and some of these are conversations we haven't. Yeah. And one of the things that stands out to me, I've, I've, I'll preach it to the day I'm done with this, is you cannot make skydiving your life. You need to be off the drop zone. You need to have other hobbies. You need to spend time for yourself. And once upon a time, you would argue that, man, this is what makes me happy. I need to be here all the time. Without this, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be happy. And now you're telling me it's backwards. Well, I, getting I off think the drop zone is healthy it, for you. I think getting off the drop zone is healthy for me. Yeah. Yeah, there's maybe it's just the the circle of things because people that have been in the sport longer than me have been at all the points that I've seen myself get to and I haven't been to all of them yet by any means. And I've seen some of it come back around again. So I mean it'd be real curious to see what happens in the next 5000 jumps. You know, I I'm really looking forward to see the next level, the next stage in my evolution and watch the other people that that are having the places that I've been to, they're just getting to now, like like my our buddy Chris Vidala, mm-hmm. which is so cool to watch him grow and just to, you know, like... Dude, but you got to think about it's cool. What, what, before I even say that, why do you think it's so cool to watch him grow? Well, it's, I mean, it's cool to watch him grow just because he's he's amazing. But what about not but, just him, that generation? Why do you think it's so cool to watch him grow? The, as far as the generation or his generation or, or the, the next generation. So they're the jumpers you've trained. The jump, the, watching the jumpers I've trained grow to, this, to, to our level is, is an immense source of pride for me. I, it, I am so proud of them. And it just it's incredible to watch them just... To watch Fudala shoot video right now and to at the same caring and compassion that, that you know Nick started at and and he's gonna be there and watch Chris teach first jump courses and maybe arguably do better than a lot of us can even do right now. Like it's um, it's amazing. There's so many of the newer breed of jumpers, the younger jumpers, that they're just turning into such so much better jumpers and we see it in the flying evolution is what they're doing shredding in the sky being able to put away together a, a nice group was a limited size you know a 10 way back 20 years ago today is now a, a 200 way yeah um so it's definitely pushing and they're raising that level but at the same time so so are they in the industry the education the shooting video the training and it's got to be nice to know i know for me it's it's a huge motivator to watch these guys because we, we've talked about it and I think we've talked about it on the show. I was your evaluator during your coach course. Yeah. I helped train you through a lot of your ratings. I actually looked through pictures of us from your AFF course right. um, with Ross and, and Ben and yeah. Jason. Yeah. Um, man, such good times. And, and to know that I've helped train you there and now looking down at the people you've helped train and looking at what quality and level they're at. You know that pride you have in those people? Um, you, you've said in the past to me in some of our private conversations that you feel like sometimes you disappoint me and brother, <laughs> man, look at the jumpers you're training, right? 
How awesome are they turning out? Ah, uh, they're phenomenal. They're world, they're world record holders. They're world class. And there's no doubt some of that is them, their skill set, their oh, yeah. mindset. Blah, blah. But who gave them the ability to get there? You did. Uh, you taught. You brought them through a sport. You trained them. You gave them a good mindset. You got them someplace. Uh, thank you. No, I and, mean, and you're turning thank out. Thank them. Yeah. Thank you guys. And they're and they're safe. They're good skydivers. Yeah. It's not necessarily they're turning out medals or world records, but our job is to push and promote the sport as far as we can as instructors. Oh yeah, I'm. You don't have to be a world record holder no. for me to be proud of you. No. You can be a guy who's prosthetic foot broke today <laughs> while helping other people that <laughs> is and just cares more about getting his B license and that he's disappointing me right now and Father Dan you're not disappointing me <laughs> we'll get you a new foot you'll be back in the air we'll get that B license brother what's uh, up with you and people losing limbs man <laughs> oh no do you know about well, Dan, no, Danny Gonzalez I had nothing to do with it. Yes, you I were on do. that skydive, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Danny Gonzalez, Daniel Gonzalez, is a... Uh, is a uh, Incredible paraplegic. Young man. He's missing his arm below the elbow. So mm-hmm. he's, got, he's got it from the forearm. Yeah, just an, he's just an amputee, isn't that yeah, what Yeah, amputee. It? Yeah, that's... I'm sorry, yeah. paraplegic. Wrong word. Uh, thank you for help with words. Uh, so basically, like, his wrist, uh, mm-hmm. he's got that. He's missing his hand. And he was skydiving with his prosthetic on, his prosthesis. yeah. It was pretty heavy carbon fiber with a big kind of a metal hook on the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And it was hard for him to balance in the air because it would cut through the air so good. There wasn't a whole lot of resistance as far as like cupping, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on there really good. But it was like <laughs> a hot August day. It was probably like 103 degrees. And we were probably on a, multiple jumps for the day and sweaty and... He had a pretty positive open, and that thing just went, shoop, gone. And I was like, oh, no. He found out he could land with his uh, toggle on his nub. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the beautiful part about that is, like, DQ helped him figure out how to shorten his brakes and get everything done. And, uh, and now we have another brother who just recently lost, uh, lost his hand. Yeah. And he wants to come back. He was at the drop zone actually, day before yesterday. Dennis Rogers. Uh huh. Dennis, and uh, and nothing's gonna stop that man no. from coming back either. No. So, I, Dan was uh, kind enough to get together with Dennis. They've been chit chatting back and forth, giving him some advice about what we can do. And he went upstairs and talked to the riggers about his rig and Vulcan and everything. And and uh, so we're. I can't remember uh, which hand did Dennis lose. Dennis lost his left hand. His left hand. Uh-huh. So he's going to have to go to an SOS on the right mm-hmm. and then just a normal right hand throw out. Yeah. Man, it's uh, it, it, I, I love both those guys and yeah. their, their tenacity, their love for life, man. This is just something that happened. I can still live life. I can still be me. Yeah. We've, and, got, we've got three. And then Dan. Yeah. Dan foot burst on bloody landing. Oh. That was a yeah, dude. It's a uh, we we mentioned Father Dan on the last show, but yeah. we didn't really get very much into his story. Um, he's someone who's kind of on my list of someone I'm going to interview and do a story about. I just want him to become a little bit more experienced skydiver first, so we can talk a little bit about you know kind of that mind change from a new skydiver to a to a licensed jumper who starts pursuing it as a sport and not so much as a thrill. I yeah. want to talk to him once he's made that transition a little bit. 
He's, but do you do you want to talk about his uh, story just a little bit? I guess maybe don't spoil all the details. But uh, no, yeah, it was it was amazing. I took a, a s- you took him on a tandem. How long? Yeah, ago? F- uh, it was a year ago. It was about it was about twelve months ago, and uh, it was a an older gentleman, grayish hair, not in great shape, overweight. Uh, Feeling, wanted to come out and do a tandem, and he talked and talked about getting a license and getting a license, and we came out and we did that that first tandem, and we had a pretty good landing, and then I looked down and in the grass. and Now, hold on one sec. You say pretty good. You legitimately mean a nice, good, yeah, soft landing. Yeah, we had a, landing. Yeah, we had a decent honestly landing. Honestly, normal landing, right? Just a yeah. normal landing, yeah. yeah. And uh, I looked down, and his foot and his sneaker is completely covered in blood. And I'm, and I just and my heart jumps and I'm like, oh my god, what happened? Holy fuck. And he's like, oh, it happens all the time. And I go, not to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's up? You're supposed to tell me this stuff before the jump. And he's like, oh, I have a cyst on my foot. It's okay. He's like, really, it doesn't hurt. This like, okay, all right. So scary, crazy, like <clears throat> completely, like not normal. So he came back a week later with a with a better shoe this time. <laughs> it wasn't like a white shoe, it was like a black shoe, so we weren't gonna see the blood or whatever <laughs> this time. I remember the shoes. And uh we did a second jump and we're like, okay. So he's like, I'm, I wanna get a license and we're like, All right. Older guy, heavy set, not in great shape, not in, obviously not in the best of health, and now we knew this. So we're like, All right. So he went through class and Justin Grubbs and I we're going to take him on his first skydive. And we get in the door, and he's so depleted from the day of being in that first jump course and probably not eating and hydrating and, and everything that he should have done. And we get in the plane, he goes to take his place in the door, and he literally can't hold himself up. And Justin's on the outside of the plane just waiting, and I'm help, trying to help him get in a position, and he's pretty much sitting on the floor looking at me and going, I can't. And I just, I'm like, you can't get up or you can't skydive. And he just says, I can't. So I'm like, okay. So I pulled him in, pulled Justin in, and we rode down. And, he, and uh, he was so apologetic. And I'm just like, man, don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. Some days we jump, some days we don't jump. This is one time we don't jump if you're not feeling it. So he left the drop zone feeling feeling horrible feeling so low and I, and our hearts poured out for him and i should probably let him finish the story at this point but he went from there basically to the hospital and he did not get good news this is a year ago we were probably never going to see father dan again from the news he got at the hospital and he met some a doctor who told him that he could fix his life and he trusted him and he went on this this voyage and he came back 10 months later 130 pounds lighter red hair looking younger than me and I go to introduce myself because I'm going to teach the first jump course and I'm like hi I'm Hank what's your name I'm Dan don't you remember me and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I see a lot of people. 
don't really, you know, it'll, it'll come to me. I'm pretty good with names and faces. So we're, I'm like, all right, you know, he, he just takes it in stride. He's not going to say a word. And we're walking around, and I need it. We go over to STP area, the student training program area, and I wanted to show everybody the, the books that they're going to be studying with. So I'm like, can I see your book, Dan? And I see his name on the book, and it just hits me. And I just blatantly yell out, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> and, he and he smiles. He's like, you finally remember. And he gives me a big hug, and we, we pretty much just stopped class for 10 minutes so that we could just catch hug up, okay. and talk and catch up. And he told, told us a story and showed us his prosthetic leg and all the, the craziness that he went through for the last 10 months to come back and get his license and success story. Uh, he worked with Fernando very hard, very diligently, and another amazing instructor. Mm -hmm. And he's a licensed jumper now, and he's the cool priest. He's the guy that's going to have his own skydiving, uh, what's a, a, a community of... Brotherhood? Group? Yeah, but like of the of the parishioners, he's gonna have a, like his own. I'm I'm with you. I can't religious think of the word. skydiving club, skydiving cult. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, we've, we already have lots of those. <laughs> yeah, but this but this one's gonna be like not a cult cult. This will be like a like a nice one. Dude, there <laughs> are a nice cult. <laughs> I can't remember any of the names of the groups right now, but I know of uh, two groups that are Christian skydiving associations. As a matter of fact, I think uh, CSA is one of them. Christian skydiving association. And then there's another one um, I could not tell you. I just just jumpers I've met in passing who've been members of these groups. So, Ugh, Jesus, yeah, yeah. I, I've never. <laughs> I, I can't believe I've never heard of that. I can't I imagine think, why I wouldn't have. It makes perfect sense. I think it's kind of it's it's day is past, and not that it's day of Christianity, but it's day of the flying hellfish, the Muff Brothers, the Rodriguez Brothers. Remember all these groups? Sure. Do you hear of them anymore at all? No, well, they're all, they're dead. Well, yeah, but not, <laughs> all right, they're, some of them are dead, but not all from skydiving. Some of them just died at old age. No, no, so a lot of these are old <laughs> the school, are they're old school groups, and, and we, <laughs> you know, the, the Flying Hellfish had their own chant that they would get in the plane, the Muff Brothers, uh, I forget which one of them was, hey, asshole, everybody yells what, Yeah. sound That's off, everybody funny. holds up one finger one, yeah. and says one, middle finger. Yeah, nobody gets that anymore. Because they're gone. What happened to them? I don't know. I yell it, and people just look at me like I'm stupid. Well, we do that all the time, I bro. I know, but... You but yell what part? I, I yell... Whenever they're like, how many people are in the plane? And I go, sound off! And One! Nobody, and nobody <laughs> does it. DJ would do it. Demo would do it. Any of the Anvil brothers would do it. But they're also on the, on the older generation of clubs that are kind of fading so what is it? So not specifically those clubs, but that kind of club mentality is not really out there anymore. Yeah, if there is, there's, it's, I don't know what it is right now because I guess I'm just not new school enough to know. Are you with me, Nick? Or is it just something that doesn't... I mean, you're looking at this. Like yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You know, like I, I know kind of the old school skydiver thing. Yeah. I guess my thoughts were kind of drifting to... Like teams were a big deal. In these same years, right? Like that it was common to have popular skydiving teams like that were competitive teams. And I feel like that is also something that's gone. Like I feel like there's a maybe a larger focus on like 
fewer individuals in skydiving to where uh, team stuff and the team dynamic just isn't what it used to be, if that makes any sense. Like, think about the years of Anomaly. Yeah. And, like, the other teams mm-hmm. that were around then. Yeah, And those how were those were popular teams. teams. People knew their names. Yeah, and, th- and that was a big part of sponsorship is being on a, a successful team that competes at nationals, and that's how you become known, right? Right. But now it's like with all the social media, any any person who's who's good can be known on a team or not on a team. And I think that that's just changed a little bit of the uh, group dynamics and skydiving of, of who becomes popular. So I think social media hit the nail on the head said and done. That uh, Like guru stunts. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I mean, I just, Guru's a great guy. He's my buddy. Not everybody thinks he's a great guy. Not everybody's his buddy. That's okay. But I, I don't I think... Like, he's my buddy. I still get some of those jokes yeah. of like, if someone said, hey, asshole, I would definitely get that one. I yeah. wouldn't have caught the sound off part, but like the him, him, that's a, yeah, yeah, that, that stuff. But Bless him. <laughs> 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 so man, I forget where we went with all that. Um, I, I've got a good story or a good question that... Uh, you know Andy Cordova, Lucky. You know Lucky. Yeah, he uh, he asked um, some for for the names of some of your mentors, some people that uh, made memories and, and taught you lessons that you haven't forgotten about. Oh man, I was so fortunate when I started. Some of the the people that that brought me up are are still incredible. I mean, I, and don't get me, I got my ass chewed. And I deserved it. I uh, I needed it. You guys think that there's no reason that I'm not just coming down. I'm like, I don't want to be the fun police. There's a reason I'm not telling. I tell you, like, hey, I don't think you should do that. Mostly because I'm, like, scarred from the ass chewing I got from doing it. But uh, oh, uh, Sonic up at the ranch mm-hmm. was such a great mentor for me and kept me alive through four years of my best partying and skydiving and uh yeah i mean i went i made a low turn checked off the ground flew my canopy through the girls four-way team kim hagar and a whole bunch of other really good skydivers crashed rolled straight up to sonic's feet and he looks down at me and he goes good job (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and all four of these girls, just you just saw like their pitchforks and their horns come out, and they're just like, "What are you telling him? Good job for?" And he goes, "If he didn't keep flying his canopy, at least two of you would be going to the hospital with him right now." And they're like, "Oh, okay." And he goes, "Now you come with me." And he takes me around the back of the hangar, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing, dude? You can't make a turn like that, land crossways in the middle of a busy landing area, and the." front of students and everything is like man you're done for the day what are you gonna do now i'm like i'm gonna go sit in the woods and think about this (laughs) (laughs) he's like that's the right answer i was like whoa and then yeah that was i've been super fortunate uh eric butts helped me out quite a bit with uh helping me sort out whether i want to be a skydiver or i want to be a partier and i Luckily, skydiving one. How many jumps did you have at this point, at this crossroads? Uh, between 1,000 and 1,500. You were going hard, huh? Oh, I, I'd been going hard since uh, the 80s. <laughs> Not like heroin hard or anything like crazy like that. I mean, but, 
you know, lots of, lots of people like to drink and have a good time in skydiving. There's no shortage of that. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like that was a fairly normal day to go skydiving and start drinking and stop drinking when accidentally the sun would come up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the sun came up and by then, accident. Well, yeah, you know, what are you doing take here? Take a nap <laughs> for an hour and find some mouthwash and then try and skydive again. And it seemed like the that was like the the thing you did back in the oh. early days. And I'm really glad that it's not that way now because we were a mess. Yeah, it is really good that when there is someone kind of living that way, they stick out pretty easy. Yeah. And, and I mean, at least at Spaceland. Yeah. I was like, hey, check out this guy. Yeah. Because it's such a, such a rare thing. Most people have their shit together pretty well. It was kind of fun the last time that we saw this guy. Not th- not me, this guy, but that guy. Yeah. And we're just like, wow, I haven't seen that since like 2004. Cool. No, you're not jumping today, bro. <laughs> Go take a nap. We yeah. had a student show up recently this way? Uh, it was a, it Li- was a licensed jumper. A licensed jumper, but barely licensed. Was this the cat who took a nap on Zach? No, did push-ups on Zach Boyd's canopy? Yeah, he, for sh- sure. he surely did. That was so classic. It <laughs> Tell just me the brought story. back so many good memories. I I I don't even know the the gentleman's name. Yeah, yeah, it was I was I brought into it at the end of the day because I was teaching a class and they're like, "Your boy," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he's not I'm like, boy. "No way." I'm like, "He's just weird." They're like, "No, it's beyond weird right now." I'm like, "No, he's just weird," and I see him. I'm like, "Wow, dude, <laughs> you got like you got dosed or something, man?" Because I've never seen him like that. I, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he didn't even know. Maybe he dosed himself, though. Maybe he does he know. Might, he might Maybe have. he was just going for a good time. But doing the push-ups on Zach's canopy was pretty classic. <laughs> yeah. I, I Again, I don't know That'll his name. I don't recall a lot about uh, about what happened. I just mostly remember people coming in and saying, now he's doing this. Now he's doing that. Now yeah. he's doing this. There's video. There's some good videos. <laughs> but he was Taking doing, doing Aaron's push- cooler. Yeah, I heard th- I've heard about yeah. that one. Like opening up Aaron's cooler. Yeah, having cooler some snacks with somebody else. pistachios. With the shell. <laughs> <laughs> but he was doing push-ups on an open canopy, and someone said, hey, man, like, get off that parachute. And he said something about not realizing it was a parachute or something. Didn't he take a nap right. on it at some point, just lay on it? I don't I've heard stories. I don't I was, know. Yeah, he, he laid down for a little bit. I think he took a nap out in his truck. Man, I was out of town for this one. <laughs> this would have. Did anybody record all of this? Yeah, there's. I'm there's sure some there's some video. Bunch oh. of it was awesome. If you have this video, please bring it to me and show it to me at the DZ. If I say I'm busy, just tell me it's the dude who did push-ups on Zach's canopy, <laughs> and I could be like letting somebody <laughs> die right now just to I watch. Think Connor this. has it. Connor? Yeah, I think I know he has Connor. It. I, yeah, I'll track him down, man. Um, have you ever been uh, made a fool out of yourself in that same way, Hank? Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Do you remember any of it? To uh, I remember way more of it than I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come out right? It came out good. Yeah. Oh, I, re- I remember lots of things. I remember so many things. Whoo, man. You guys are still my friends. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you got to <laughs> remember nine years you've been sober. That's longer than you've known, or as long as you've known that man. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't yeah. known you as, a, as an alcoholic. No. And no. I never hung out after hours with you. Not while you were drinking. Yeah. We didn't start hanging out after hours until after you were sober. I thought I was funny. 
You probably <laughs> were, dude. I, I could imagine you being a good laugh, a good hoot. Yeah, but cr- I'd crack up. Man, you tell that tandem that to that crazy tandem guy's story, and it makes me wonder. Or not tandem, that student who does push-ups, mm-hmm. and it's just one of my favorite things about tandems are some of the crazy stories we have about tandem students, people yeah. who do silly things. The unicorn guy was great a couple of weeks ago, dude. For that oh guy. my god! So yeah, I, all I know is is a bunch of our friends are doing a onesie jump together, and I see this other dude in a onesie. I'm like, I don't recognize this guy, <laughs> and I find out he's your student. Yeah, he's, he's turned out to be my tandem student. Man, whatever he was doing, he had the greatest time. He had so much fun. I taught uh, I taught the class upstairs, the tandem class with that gentleman in it. And, oh, man, talk about frustrating. That guy was anything I said. He he needed to talk about himself for at least 20 seconds regarding any point I had I had made. And he had to tell his boyfriend how to do everything too he must have told them to pop his ears 30 times in the plane <laughs> and raul is just like just keeps looking at me i'm like just let him keep going it's great he's not going to do anything that's going to hurt anybody just yeah we don't <laughs> have to do anything let him do all of he's this. just talking he's just like pop your ears you gotta pop your ears pop them again he's like i just popped them he's like you gotta pop them again <laughs> i'm just like it might have been completely normal i don't know but he was definitely in the outer realm of normal dude he was uh he was on the edge he was on the edge <laughs> he, he was he was high out there man um you said you just let him go so when tandem students in the plane are doing things crazy goofy weird for example they put their goggles on as soon as we sit down yeah that's funny what do you do do you just let it i it just depends i mean if the, if i'll tell them once i'm like you don't need them for about 10 minutes and then if they put them on and they feel better i'll just let them wear them I'll take them back and clean them off for them. Yeah. But sometimes I'll just whisper in the air, you look goofy. Yeah. Take them off. I, uh, <laughs> it, it depends on who they are and their presence. It's like, hey, bro, just so you know, you don't got to wear those right now. You can if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, or just let them. I, it's, it's, yeah. it's not hurting a damn thing. And my yeah. friends are looking in the back with a smile. It, it's just that smile it gives me during the day just to go like, oh, how cute. I think it's cute, yeah. It's like uh, tandems putting on uh, jumpsuits backwards. Yeah, that's amazing. Dude, you could tell who a surfer is because mm-hmm. they get it zipped up every fucking time. I am so <laughs> impressed when they get that thing zipped up. Dude, it's amazing. Hey, do you ask them? At, next time one does it, ask them, do you surf? Yeah, I honestly haven't seen them get all the way done in a year or two, a couple of years. Yeah. But the last guy did it, we were just like, yeah, let's let him go like that. Dude. <laughs> 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 I'll put on backwards. So have you ever had a student ride the plane down? A tandem student? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, had a, I've had a few. I had, I've a, had a few. The last one was kind of scary because the guy got really, really, like, handsy, grabby, like, holding on to Henry's hand. Like, Henry, like, needed to jump. And he's like, okay, I need my hand back now. And then uh, he apologized he understood his wife was super cool he tipped us which was and then the next day i got a complaint (laughs) and i'm like all right what did he complain about uh, i i don't know i guess how he was made to sit still when he was not gonna jump that it like I needed to get him away from the door. Don't move so you don't grab everybody's shit. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but I mean, it wasn't that big a deal. I didn't like. 
Yeah, no, you just, hey, man, bring your hands in. Don't move. Yeah. Uh, guard them so they can't grab anything. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was kind of scary, though, but I've been told I'm going to sue you from somebody so we didn't jump. I'm going to pass out so we didn't jump. I'm going to throw up so we didn't jump. <laughs> I'm like, well, those are all three very fair things. <laughs> yeah. And Especially I'm going to sue you. I just don't want to jump. Okay. Yeah. It's not... It's not that big a deal if you don't want to jump, but I would much prefer to jump. You're going to feel a lot better if you jump and everything turns out good, which it has 66 plus 100 times. Yeah. So far, I've made it. Yeah. There's a guy who made it around the U.S. for a little while, and and God, I wish I could remember his name. It's it's on dropzone.com, a couple other places, Steven something. And he'll show up to a drop zone and want to do tandems. Chicago uh, Skydiving Center, uh, Chicagoland Skydiving Center, now in Hinkley, but it was Rochelle. Or no, now Rochelle was in Hinkley at the time. He was there a few times, and uh, Nathan Dexter <coughs> was also there. So Nathan and I had communicated about this dude. He went to uh, Todd Spiller's, remember, uh, yeah. Aggies over Texas? Yeah. <coughs> he went there as well. And he would do the ground school. He would go to make jumps. He would back out. He This dude was sketchy as fuck. And we had a ground school with him, and Valerie taught it. And it was a refresher. He's got AFF jumps. And Valerie's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to jump with this cat. There's just no way, man. It's scary. I'm like, I'll tell you what. Let's make him do a tandem. We, we can deal with this. I explained to him, hey, bro, sorry, you're going to have to do a tandem. Oh, by the way, this guy shows up in a bus, in a taxi, in a shuttle van, in something, and his suitcase, I'm not fucking kidding, is a grocery bag or two with clothes tied up inside of them. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure the dude's homeless to a point. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of him. I'm not looking. No, no, it's just... <laughs> but this is who he is. It's just, yeah, you know who he is by the, yeah, yeah. the two grocery bags in the corner. Yeah, it, it's yeah. legitimately like two Kroger bags, man, tied up with some stuff in them. And uh, we get in the plane. Dennis Anderson is flying this load. And we're sitting in the caravan facing backwards. We're sitting right next to Dennis. I had put the seatbelt in, and I didn't have it buckled. I mean, I'm about to put the end in, and Dennis starts to roll the plane, and it makes one sudden movement. That dude was fucking out the door. Oh, that's scary. Dude, It's I've never seen jumpers move out of the way of anything so far. Everybody was sketched out by him. I was like, I'm about to take this guy on a jump. (laughs) And as soon as he said, no, I'm out, and started standing up, immediately, now he wasn't out the door without, but immediately everybody got out of the way and go, Get off. Please, Please go ahead. Yeah. And uh, I was right behind him just holding on for dear life. Like, hold on. <laughs> Dude. And I, I was looking something up. Are you saying this is a tandem student? He was a tandem student. So he's got no rig on. Yeah. And he's trying to make his way out of the airplane. Am I but hearing they're taxiing. But we just started rolling. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're pulling okay. the ladder away. Uh, you're, you were in flight in the story no, I was no, hearing. No, 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 no. No, no, we pulled the ladder away. It was, it was ladder came away. Mm-hmm. Plane starts to roll. We make it a foot. I mean, literally, it starts to move. Dennis has to lock on the brakes. They pull the ladder back up We right there and, and let him back off. So that is my earliest ride down ever. Like that's Thank him for doing it now instead of in the middle of the flight, I guess. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I got a <laughs> foot in the middle of the taxiway. <laughs> Man, oh, God. We drove the guy to the gas station. He said he was going to meet friends there. We never saw him again. So I, God, wish I, I'm going to have to look up his name at some point. 
I'm curious because he's got a very sordid story. Uh, I'm going to have to ask Nathan. Yeah, about I wonder it. if he ever got a jump after that. He's got a few. He's got a few, and everybody who's jumped with him has really sketchy stories about him. <laughs> so he's done AFF jumps. He's done tandem jumps. And I didn't take him a couple months back, did I? <laughs> I hope he's still flagged in our system because he got a, he got a giant flag on his account in our system. So. Ready, set, back in the plane. I'm like, no! <laughs> there was a student, I won't mention his name, really kind person who was just very afraid of skydiving. And he had made a couple attempts. He was going through the solo program, and he had made a couple attempts to get out by himself, not by himself, but with an instructor, So solo jumps. And uh, he would get out. He'd be outside. He'd be climbed out. He'd be ready to give the count, and then he would just dive back in the airplane. And this has happened a, a couple of times. <laughs> and I don't remember who his instructor was on this particular jump, but I know that it wasn't Hank because Hank left with the student that was right after him. But homeboy's set up in the door, and he's... Kevin Purdy. Was Kevin his instructor? Yeah, Kevin I think, was yeah, I think the instructor. That, I think yeah. that's right. And I remember the but, kid's name, too. But he sets up... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to say it. <laughs> but he sets up, and he's out there for a while. And then he dives back in the airplane. Shut up, DJ. We'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he dives back, uh, dives back in the airplane. And Hank is yelling at this kid. <laughs> I didn't know what BFE meant. BFE, but bumfuck Egypt. Do you know what this means? I didn't know what the hell that meant at the time. But Hank is yelling at this kid as he's setting up to do like a compressed, a compressed accordion. accordion. I'm, I'm pretty facing sure. in the plane. The students facing out, <laughs> giving the count, and I'm like. You gotta stop putting me out at BFE! <laughs> he's still yelling at the kid <laughs> as he's falling out of the airplane. And I wasn't happy either about the long spot that I had received <laughs> because of this whole ordeal. But man, it was worth it. It was so funny. I look up, I'm still yelling, and he, Nick's laughing at me out the door. And this kid is like shuddering in the corner. But that was like, the, it was like the third one that day. Yeah. And I was just over it. I'm like, you got to go behind me from now on. I'm like, that's not, you can't lead the way. No, he, <laughs> like, he wasn't doing a great job, but <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> he was super kind. Oh, he was man. such a nice kid. <laughs> not, not really skydiving. You have a, a proudest moment in skydiving, Mr. Hank? Man, I didn't think, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. Um, proud. I proud of yourself, proud of a student, proud of anything. I, I think one of one of my proudest moments, I think, was uh, when Constantine got his instructor's rating because I taught him from the beginning, and he was he was my first student that became an instructor, and I I'd say that was that was definitely one of my one of my proudest moments as as an instructor. So you picked up that hot mess. He was easy. No, he, he was, was easy to work with. He was easy to train, but he, he was, was energetic. When oh, he was energetic. Imagine when he was <laughs> eighteen years old, how he was. Because he that, told me stories. Yeah, that's was, how he was when he showed up with Valerie and I. And then he went away to Russia, and Mother Russia hardened him, <laughs> and he came back a little bit calmer. And uh, dude, I love Constantine. He's a good guy. He's a lot of energy, even for me. Oh, he's got a lot of energy. He's now, got that same kind of energy that Miles has and stuff. Yeah. That even 20 years from now when Constantine's our age, he's still going to be crushing. energetic and crushing it like Miles is. Yeah, doing all sorts of crazy, goofy things, man. I hope so. 
Dude, I love watching some of the silly yeah. shit he does. I've actually talked with him, spoke with him about coming and hanging out and talking talking about some of the stunts, the car stunts, shooting yeah. your parachute on fire. I Riding mean, a rocket. You know, some people have, have thrown out some shade or hate saying like, oh man, those things were already done. And absolutely those things have been done. And those are the things that I've always wanted to try too. Yeah, who doesn't? Constantine got it fucking put together. I, I would mean, love to try and get in a car and roll. <laughs> like, how sick is that? That's awesome. Would you do it? Would you ride the fuck a car out of the back of a sky van? No. Why not? I wouldn't care to. Why not? Did you not see that video? I did. Did you yeah, not see three brutal. of them almost break their fucking neck? It looked. Brutal. I would. I would cut off the windshield too. It'd be a flat top car. It looks cool. Yeah. I'll watch the video of it. Sweet man. No, I want to skydive for a long time. Yeah. There, there are things I'd want to try. Uh, dude, jumping and shooting your parachute on fire, that one seems logistically a little bit challenging. Yeah. Um, I'm more worried about getting any of that, that shit that lights you on fire drip down on me and lighting me on fire too while I'm at it. Greek fire. Greek fire. There you go. Um, but dude, that just such silly, silly, silly stunts, man. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So I'm Constant- glad somebody's doing it. Way to go, Constantine. How many... Keep so being you. He's your first student that became an instructor. How many students do you know? Have you seen him become an instructor? Oh, I don't know. I haven't counted. Uh, between five and ten, maybe. Yeah. Have you seen him get to examiner yet? I have. Who? Chuck Martin. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he... Yeah. Uh, haven't seen or heard from him lately. I hear from him every once in a while. I know he's... Uh, he keeps pretty busy over in Austin. He's working on getting more degrees and and things. He he does some uh, charity work for kids down in Mexico. He brings them sporting goods and stuff like that. And he's uh, I see him on the Great Pyrenees rescue site. He's got he's got a Great Pyrenees too, and I we have three. They're beautiful dogs. Go to the Great Pyrenees rescue and rescue a Great Pyrenees, but your house will be destroyed. <laughs> Covered in fur. Order, order this wrecking ball. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> and slobber. We talked a little bit about that passion uh, of tandem's passion of skydiving, but what a uh, students? Um, what is it that drives you to keep doing AFF and coach style jumps? I that drives me. I just it's it's my life. It's my it's my everything. To when it's sunny. I want to be skydiving, and when I'm skydiving, I want to be teaching. And if it's not sunny, I want to be golfing, fishing, surfing, playing with speed golf with Cheryl or something with my dogs. What What is it, though? Because there's so many things you could do in skydiving. You could be shooting video all the time instead, but teaching students, going, teaching them how to skydive. Yeah, I, it's just so rewarding when to help people get to their goals – feels like what I should be doing because so many people have taken time out of their lives and literally gone out of their way to help me meet goals, to help me be healthy and safe. And man, I can't believe I'm 49 years old. Like nobody ever thought, I really am 49. I was I doing, you saw yeah. me do the math. Yeah, I know. Cause usually I don't know how old I am. But <laughs> hey, it's Brent. like the first time ever I said it the right way. <laughs> Do you know this story, Nick? Nope. Hank for years told his age and one day says, I'm not that old on his birthday. I did the math. And then for what, another couple years? Yeah. Whenever it's my birthday, I always say that I'm the next year. So like if you ask me how old I am at work, I tell you I'm 50. But I've been telling people I'm 50 for like five years now. 
Yeah. DJ wished me a happy 60-something birthday on the intercom the other day. So <laughs> I mean, are you like one of the, you know how some people will set their clock five or ten minutes ahead so they're never yeah. late? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? You just want to be ahead of life a little bit? Yeah, I'm looking for that AARP deal, baby. <laughs> no, but he was like two <laughs> years off. He was off. I was way off, yeah. A couple years later, figure, like figures it out. They was off by a year. Goes a couple years. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm finally 46 now. Yeah, I turned 38 twice. And then a couple years later, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I still did bad math. I finally know how old I am. Mm -hmm. It was a series of a few years that Hank figured out how to tell his own age. (laughs) But once 50 hits, I'll screw it up again because this is like a pretty normal number to remember, 50. I'll tell you, I'll be 45 next month, and there's no doubt (laughs) doing basic math thought processes in my head aren't nearly as easy. I'm I'm not I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm yeah. sharp, I'm fine, I'm good. But my god, it's not the same math I did when I was 15 years old. You're Christmas Eve baby, that's right. Or not New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve baby, tax break baby. Yeah. Tax break baby. Dude, it's have you never heard that line? No. Oh, you got to squeeze them out before the end of the year. You get it, the write off. Yeah, it's crazy. You get the write off. So if they would have had me January 1st, they get no tax write off. Mm-hmm. But they had 9 months of dealing with me in that year. Seems worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would think that I should be a tax write-off if you were pregnant half the year or something. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pregnant now. You look at man. Ooh. Dude, so I was posting some of these pictures for this show. <laughs> Did you notice some of these? Yeah. One of the things that stood out for me is Skinny Hank. Yeah, there was... Well, yeah, I've never really been skinny, but... No, but lighter than you are now. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I moved to Houston, I weighed 170 pounds. Man. And the other one that stood out to me was the In Living Color photo. Do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about, Nick? No, I saw the photos. It's a crazy color jumpsuit. Is that, yeah, is that the yeah. one? Yeah, Remember TV show In Living Color? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like I belong on that show. Those were normal clothes that my mother and father bought me thinking that I was going to wear them normally. <laughs> they really did. It turned out to be that was my St. Paddy's Day outfit for like seven years. I've had that same disappointment from my mom. Yeah. Of like, man, you really bought me this shirt? Like, yeah. you think this is the shit I'm into? Oh, they gave me more. There was a whole couple sets of clothes like that. There was purple and yellow tie-dye ones. There was the green and yellow one. It looked like his mom shopped at FUBU I back gave in the <laughs> 90s, man. I'm serious. I gave them to the, to the donation box, uh-huh. and I am so looking forward to the day I'm driving through Houston underneath one of them bridges, and I see somebody wearing that outfit. I'm going to give them every penny in my pocket and say, my mother did this to you. <laughs> so 6,600 tandems, is that number number we had? Yeah, a little over. What's the craziest thing a tandem student said to you under canopy? Oh, man. I'm not I'm not ready for these hard thoughts. Um, <laughs> anything, anything that stands out. The, well, the, I say the craziest thing was uh, this one girl in San Marcos was like, She'd done multiple tandems with me. It probably like their third one. She was getting ready to start the solo program. And it was like her third one. She goes, we're under canopy. And she goes, remember the last time we jumped, we had that conversation about doing mushrooms while you're skydiving? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no way. She's like, yeah. I'm like, how did you hold it together? You've been here like three hours. She's just like, it was so hard. I'm like, how is it? She's like, the whole sky is like a rainbow, melty. It's like cool. I was like, wow, you got great big brass balls, girl. I was like, that's amazing. Panic attack. 
instantly. That's what would happen. I, she was killing it. I'm like, wow, if this is how you handle yourself, when you're you're going to be a great skydiver. How many women have you delivered to a uh, a proposal sign in those 6,600 mm. tandems? Uh, I only probably maybe maybe five or six. Oh, that's all? I brought some guys, too. So maybe 10 said and done. But sometimes they they give me the girls. Sometimes they give me the guys. Sometimes I wipe out on the sign. Sometimes I land in front of it. He normally gets Once the guys. Once we landed off. You landed <laughs> off on a proposal? <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> did she say no? No. Did, they, I mean, did she ask you to land off? What the no. fuck does that sign say? Get me out of here. <laughs> no. No, it was, I had, think I had the guy that time. <sighs> but, yeah, it wasn't, like, real far off. It was just kind of, like, front field. It still work out? Yeah. I yeah, I mean, they just had to. I, I don't think that they landed on either. Okay. I don't think I was the only one. I know we've so had a proposal before where the guys landed yeah. far away in the field. Yeah. And we've got the four-wheeler and ran him over. Yeah. In time for the girl <laughs> Just to run land. him yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just go hit him with the four-wheeler. Grant the don't photo. do it, man. I'm doing you a favor. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think there was any sign or anything for this one. It was a long time ago. Yeah. This is San Marcos. So speaking of, of, of proposals. Yeah. Are you ever going to make an honest proposal to your wife? How, how much more honest do we got to be? I've been, no, I, I actually say that same thing to Cheryl quite a bit, and she's just like, we, she says we can, but that's like that's her easy out. If she ever wants out, there's nothing written she can go. But, but at the same time, like, if something happens to me, I've been really worried about having a will this year. Like, I really want to have this will written out, so if something happens to me, and I guess saying this on the air is good enough, if something happens to me, Cheryl gets everything. She gets it all. You guys, when what she doesn't want, you guys can split up. I, I you know? I'm not sure <laughs> if that's good enough for a while. <laughs> no, that's just. But it's kind of every legit. lawyer in the world is going to sign off on this. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Texas, you don't even need a lawyer. You just need two people. Like I could write it down right now in front yeah. of you guys, sign it, H- and it'd be good. Handwritten, yeah. yeah. Yeah, handwritten's good. It can't be typed and handwritten. It can be typed or handwritten, but a lawyer doesn't have to do it in Texas. Just you guys. So, what do you want? Buried, cremated? What do you want? I'd like. I'd just like to be cremated and thrown out somewhere. Not ash like dive. In, not in the garbage. Yeah, but like yeah, like an ash dive. <laughs> <laughs> just throw me out. <laughs> Put me in the trash can on Tuesday morning with the rest <laughs> of the squirrels I killed. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's for Boo. So when you said throw out, thrown out somewhere, you meant in the sky. Yeah, yeah, an ash dive. Just uh, you know, some in the water, some in the air. I don't want to be cremated, but I still want you guys to take my dead body on a jump. All right, <laughs> all right. It'd be hard to get the casket Sky and the harness. Bernie's. No, I don't. Do need, I don't. I don't need to be in a casket. It's fine. <laughs> toss me out. Try and keep up. Oh yeah, <laughs> AFF style, man. We're just gonna hold on to you all the whole way down. <laughs> no, you gotta let me go. <laughs> oh, this is, this is this is the this is the deal. If we wait him, top. No, no. It's like a good. it's like a speed star. Yeah. <laughs> Every. Everybody, we're going to tape the line in the airplane. Everybody's got to be behind the line. Shove my body out. Three seconds. Solid count of three. First one to get there gets all my stuff. Deal. (laughs) I'm in. I guess, no, you have to you have to get down and deploy my reserve, and whoever opens up my reserve gets gets all my things. Why not Jermaine? Um, It's not going to hurt you when you land. Yeah. Yeah, but if I'm not going to be there to swoop it, I don't care. Oh, you'll be swooping it, dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> I've seen that handkerchief you fly. It's gonna be going fast. How's that handkerchief treating you? It's pretty good. I think I'm uh, about due for a new one. Yeah, so, yeah, maybe uh, maybe early next year. Yeah, spring yeah. or something new. Yeah. Um, dude, back back to your gear. What were you doing in Infinity? Ooh, oh, uh, I got to watch pretty much every part of their uh, their production process, uh-huh. with the exception of uh, the girl who does uh, the binding tape. Yep, was sick, so I didn't get to see the the taping process. But I saw a whole lot of sewing, saw a whole lot of parts get made, cutting. Uh, all all that stuff it was pretty cool. It's kind of interesting to see where it, it starts in that that revolution where all the templates are and going around. Yeah, the I room. mean, it's, there are so many pieces in your rig that there are a lot more pieces. There's a lot more to it than even after you know after 12 years of skydiving more more than I would have thought. Your new rig is super sexy. And I sexy, agree. Right? That binding tape girl is sick. She did a good <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I gotta take a time out for one second. I gotta. We gotta Punch do this. Oh. No, 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 no. Dad <laughs> jokes. Bring, bring them. I want to hear them. Oh man, you guys are hitting me out like peer pressure. Got it. When have you ever not had a joke loaded and ready? I, you got to give me a subject. What's got three feet and no toes? Yardstick. Yeah, a yard. Yeah, nice. Oh, you guys did. That's not fair. What? You you practiced. No, somebody told me that joke last night, but no. <laughs> I hear dad jokes gaming sometimes, and there's a yeah. bunch of dads. It's neat because there's that whole like dad joke, like public service announcement on TV now. So it's like they're like, hey, be a better father, tell a dad joke kind of deal. No, last night there was some dude who was probably really high eating popsicle after popsicle after popsicle while we were gaming. Doing popsicle stick jokes? And kept reading the popsicles. Fuck, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Those yeah. were great. That do, was our do, jokes. Do you need me to look up some new ones for you, Hank? Some <laughs> new material? Just give me a topic. Uh, Cars. Cars? Man. This hasn't worked so far. No. no. That one didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, we're not working right now. No. I mean, I hear the same 10 jokes, so I could just set That's you up all, with it's, one. It's all the same. Nobody, nobody's jokes, heard them so. besides us. Everybody's heard my jokes. <coughs> so, anyways, um, God dang, I got <laughs> lost. Uh, st- back Wait. to the student jumps. We can what? <laughs> sing. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> this is so stupid. Where does uh, spaghetti and sauce? Where do they go to dance? Where the meatball? <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like the meatball. Um, We've got meatballs. How did the telephone propose to his girlfriend? <laughs> he gave her a ring. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Oh man. Oh Jesus. Do you? Want, I'll keep going. I'll do. I'll do the whole rest of the show like this. <laughs> what did the hot dog say after the race? I'm the wiener. Ah, so. Hank fucking nailed yeah. that one. Um, <laughs> I'm on. the wiener. <laughs> I can't find the punchline here. That's okay. That was a good one. What can you steal and not get in trouble? What? Second base. Oh. Nope, not as good. Nope. <laughs> That's a sexual harassment joke. So one of the things you mentioned earlier is you like to train your students thoroughly. Train them. Make sure yep. they know their job of to, to have fun. Oh, and yeah. one of the things I think you do well in student training is not... I hate the word student because we're training skydivers. Sure. And you're very big at instilling the skydiver mentality in a new jumper. You're very big on developing this is not today behavior, this is longevity behavior. And I think there's a reason a lot of your students stick around to be skydivers. 
what advice would you give new jumpers listening to this right now to give them the best success in their in skydiving? Set goals. Set set easy attainable goals that'll keep you having fun to to and get out there and jump with people. There's so many things that you can do these days to you know, like I, I watch a lot of people come in and not a lot, but there's a, a handful of people I, I watch jump by themselves regularly. And we're not letting them anymore jump by themselves. We're like, hey, you're going to come jump with with one of us, whether it's <laughs> hasn't been me yet. So I can't say it's been me. But but uh, we have a buddy, Lance Ishimoto, super kind, really mm-hmm. nice guy. Comes out and jumps, stays current, has a good time, enough to keep coming back. He's had his license for a year and a half, and I think he's jumped with two people other than his instructor. So the last time he came out, Tony said, Lance, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to do solo. And he's like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're going to come and jump with us. And he went and he did a jump with him. And, man, that guy came down with the biggest smile. And it it was very, very rewarding. Um, some of the new jumpers, I, I'm just going to go out. There's not enough time to do a mentor jump. I'm just going to do a couple jumps and go. You've told me that four times in a row. Today you're going to go meet Bill and Kevin. So our friend Todd, young jumper, went over and met Bill and Kevin. And then the next morning on my way to work, I got a, a thank you text saying that was so much fun and I'm so glad you pushed me into getting a mentor jump and I didn't realize that I was creating bad habits and and now I know that I have some friends out there to jump with and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Man, I think you're you're really hitting the nail on the head how to stay uh in the sport for a long time. You didn't talk about how to be better you uh necessarily. You didn't talk about how to train. You talked about hooking up with people. Yeah, it's we're all out there together. We're very similar-minded people. You don't have to like everybody. You don't have to be friends with everybody. You don't have to jump with everybody. There's definitely... But go go out and, and make a friend. Make a couple jumps with people, and you're just going to have so much fun. What can... I, so many new jumpers are intimidated at approaching people. Like, hey, man, I don't mm-hmm. want to mess up this dude's skydive, or hey, I'm a little bit introverted. I'm, I'm socially awkward. I don't know how to approach a person. Whatever they're reasoning is what would you tell these folks to do to help them approach people what kind of what kind of stand can they take i think just uh take that step out outside the norm just be be brave for one second you already jump out of an airplane you can be brave and just say hi to somebody and and if they say sorry we're doing something that's okay sometimes they're doing something but what I want to be, not always, but like deep down, what I want to be is the weakest person on the jump if I want to get better. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. always the best person on the jump, well, that doesn't happen a whole lot because I'm <laughs> not the best person on the jump. But, uh, but you're not, you know, you're not getting pushed. So being, being a young jumper, going with some guys that are pretty good. It's like going out and playing golf with, you know, with Tony and, and Matthew and those guys that are good golfers. Like, I'm going to play better. 
So I want to I want to get better. Step outside of that of your box and just do I, it. I, I love the emphasis you put on the fact that you're already jumping out of airplanes. We all skydive for various reasons, but all of us at some point are overcoming obstacles doing it. Whether it's a mindset, a mentality, whether it's straight up fear, whether it's control, whether it's excelling, whatever it is. And yet we can't approach a person. Man, skydiving has changed my life ultimately. I mean, I, I, I couldn't explain how much this, this sport has meant to me. Hank, I think that's true for you. Oh, yeah. And, and I think the first step was getting into the sport. And if you're having a hard time approaching somebody, realize what the sport does to empower you, to, to allow you to do things. For, for me, it's ultimately the, an empowering sport. It gives me the, the ability to en- enhance my calm. Remember the movie Demolition Man? Yeah. Enhance your calm. Uh, enhance my calm to think quieter, as noisy as my brain is and as chaotic as my mind gets and then as, as chaotic as my language gets because of it. Uh, Man, without the calm skydiving brings me, it would be worse. Oh, yeah. Skydiving is one of those sports where no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in your life, when you go on a skydive with your buddies, you're in that moment, you're in that world, you're having fun. All that other stuff just kind of falls to the wayside, and, and you're, you're at peace, you're happy. I think most of us feel that way when we're skydiving. I, at least I hope most of us feel that way when we're skydiving. Because for that one minute of free fall and that four minutes or five minutes of flying my parachute, I am so happy. I'm smiling. Like, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but like Bill, Bill Doss yeah, yeah. from Lodi, right? Super tough guy on the ground. Right, you don't. Mm-hmm. You, there's things you don't say to him. There's things you don't. Times you don't approach him. He's peculiar. He's he's particular, peculiar. Rather. Yeah, but have you ever seen that guy in the air on a skydive? I have not. No, I don't think I've ever seen a person smile more or have as beautiful a smile and as beautiful a face as I've seen on Bill Doss in a skydive. Even if it's a shit skydive. He's still, like, super happy, smiling, just, like, everything around him is just, like, incredibly enhanced. It's amazing. Even when I packed him a 1,500-foot sniveler and he liked to pull it 2,000 feet, and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. And he walks up, and he's like, you think you could speed it up a little bit? And I'm like, you're going to let me try that again? He goes, well, you can't do it any worse, can you? (laughs) And he just laughed at me and walked away. And they're like, everybody's mouth was wide open. They're like, well, goodbye, Hank. Like, that's it for you. And he's just like, here, you can do it. You can do it better. You know, uh, so a lot of people know who Bill Doss is because he's the owner of Lodi. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if everybody knows Bill Doss skydives a lot. Um, Oh, yeah. Hold on for that. Nick, do you have any guess to how many skydives Bill Doss might have made? Gosh, it's been a while since I've heard the number. It's, that's got to be over 20,000 by now, isn't it? I think 40. Yeah. 40? 40, oh, Jesus. Him and, and Don go back and forth with who has the most. Yeah, I can never remember Don's name. I always remember Bill. Yeah. What's Don's last name? Kellner. Kellner. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Above um, the Poconos. I think they're both over 40,000 now. Yeah. So uh, it says Bill does. This is uh, on Wikipedia. So this is, I don't know what, when this is dated, but uh, 30,000 plus jumps, 420 hours of free fall time. 
Yeah, I think him and and Don. I think they got their forty thousand badge. I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd seen that at some point. But yeah, I, and man. they still they go back and forth at who has the most. Yeah, and dude, thirty thousand. Even if it's not, dude, that's a yeah. fuckload of skydive. So he's not just a guy who owns a DZ. He's a guy who jumps a metric ton. He loves to skydive. Yeah, he's super happy when he's skydiving. Um, man, yeah. yeah I, Got sidetracked with Bill Doss. You're talking about how much skydiving brings you joy, brings you pleasure. It, 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 Bill lights, Bill lights up in the sky. He does, he does, and I and I, I probably take some of that from from seeing him doing that because I was a very, I mean, I was twenty. Well, I, when I went to Lodi, I had twenty jumps. I needed my five accuracies. They sent me from Lake Tahoe to Lodi because I couldn't hit the airport in Lake Tahoe. So they sent me to Lodi to go jump at sea level out of the wind. I had no idea how you were actually supposed to hit a target until I went someplace that had normal weather. Why? I mean, we've had the story a little bit together, but I'd like you to share. Uh, Lake Tahoe's ground elevation at the old field in Nervino Airport was like 5,200 feet. It was always, it was, I don't think it was ever less than 15 mile an hour winds. And I was 170 pounds on a Mana 288. <laughs> you know, I yeah. just open up, face into the wind, and just drift backwards past the airport and land in the desert. They'd have a car like started up as soon as I got under canopy just to go pick me up wherever I was. They actually started it before you got they, <laughs> out of the they, plane. They knew that like whenever I got on the airplane, somebody was going to have to take a drive and go get me. It's like playing a game. Hey, let's go. They he got in the plane. Let's go drive and park and see who's closest to him. It was, <laughs> it was pretty. It wasn't just me though, because any light student was going to have the same. We could do that with the wingsuiters. We could play like we could pick do up that. Bingo. Oh yeah, we could. But then I'd have to want to pick them up. Yeah, I, as long as they're safe, I don't mind going and picking them up. Sometimes it's hard to find them. But, but Luke Rogers, if he lands off, I don't want anything to do with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, he don't land off. No, he doesn't, man. Just his gear. I want to take one quick second, man, Nick, uh, before we get too far wrapped up into this. Uh, there's something to share on that left desktop. We got some uh, pictures. I know what, we got I know what you're after. So uh, we recently uh, dropped out on these or, or dropped these uh, Gravity Lab jerseys on everybody. Nick's got his. I've got mine. We've got our own colors, and they look pretty good. We like what we have. But uh, had Adam Buckner also designed this one, the one I'm wearing right now is actually a retail version. Jimmy Wynn had uh, won one. When Jimmy Wynn won. Uh, at Wynn Jimmy won. Wynn won one at the Jeez. film festival. I really, man. You did it. I did it. That was it. At the film festival. And uh, this one may be coming out soon. I am talking with Adam. And we've got two designs. That is one of them. The other one is the invert of it. We call it invert gray. And it's a, it's a base white body. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know uh, know if you guys want them. Maybe we can get them in time for Christmas. Maybe not. Uh, is there a preference, either or? Let me know. Give me a holler. Um, if you are listening to this on a uh, podcast form, then uh, yeah, I'll, I'll share it on Facebook sometime, maybe soon. So, what do you think, uh, Hank? Which one? I'm partial to the white one, the invert. You like that one better? Yeah, I, I do. I like the other one. Looks super cool, but. This one's just nice and clean and bright. Yeah. I li- man, I like that nice, clean, and bright. It looks good, man. Yeah. Cool. So, man, Hank, anything else you want to share with our friends before we get uh, wrapped up and turn into pumpkins here? Hey, we still got 30 minutes. We do. I, so we, we started really <laughs> we're, we're, an, we're an hour and a half in. So we started off a weird time, and I have no clue what time we started. We started at 5.30. We're just like t- uh, 10 minutes after 7. Okay. 
And uh, I know there's some tired people. I don't want to turn anybody into pumpkins. You, you doing good? I'm doing okay. I've been I've been up since five, but that's pretty normal for an old guy. You've been here since six thirty, Nick. Yeah, my flight landed back in Houston at six thirty. And the flight was how uh, long? <laughs> well, I fucked up because <laughs> <laughs> I booked this flight, and what I thought I saw was that my flight landed at twelve fifty six a.m. That's what I thought I saw. But apparently that that time was when my connecting flight from San Francisco was leaving to head to Houston. So 12.56 San Francisco would have been 2.56 here. That's when my plane was leaving California. So then I got in at 6.30 and uh, got to my car about 7.30, started driving to the drop zone, got a flat tire in Pearland, <laughs> and got to work at like 9.30. I'm glad you're okay. Blowout yeah, it was scary. fun. It, it, it wasn't. I didn't know it was a blowout. Like I went from having a full tire to a flat tire only because I heard the I heard the noise. The pump, 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 pump. Yeah, and then I looked down and the the sensor was on that I that I had uh, low tire pressure. But it wasn't scary. It was just annoying. But uh, yeah, it's been a long day. I didn't really sleep. No. no but I, I had coffee this morning and goddamn, I love coffee a whole lot. A five dollar coffee. Yeah, man. They're actually on sale at Whole Foods for four dollars right now. No, they just have them on sale from time to time. I gotta stock up. I don't know how long they're gonna run that sale for. You said it sprouts? Uh sprouts has them for four forty nine usually. Okay. What kind of coffee are we talking it's about? It's the stupid cold coffee. It's a cold brew nitrogen infused coffee. You've oh, probably I seen those cans yeah, I have I every morning. You. Yeah, I asked you what that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I have one of those every morning and it's five goddamn dollars. It's ridiculous. Hey man, if that's the worst thing you do, that's all right. You yeah, work hard. It's one hundred and fifty dollars a month, my coffee habit. Yeah, it's I mean it's pricey. I'm not saying it's There's so pricey, a lot of people who spend a lot more than that on alcohol and drugs. That's true. Oh man, it's cigarettes. Woo. Were you God. a smoker? Never. I tried smoking cigarettes twice and I threw up both times. Were you a smoker? I've never had a puff of a cigarette, never. I'm not shocked. Uh, I don't know if I Yeah, I'm I didn't know which way you would go, but Nick, I'm you, not shocked. Did you used to smoke? Yeah, a lot. Uh, gross. Like 13 years total. Um I have a hard time imagining that. I quit for a year, I quit for two years, and now I've quit for uh, the day before Thanksgiving, which I believe was the 21st that year, 2005. So I quit Thanksgiving 2005. And What, uh, uh, what finally made it stick? Uh, I decided to quit. I, uh, every time, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to try to quit, I'm going to quit. Kind of like, hey, DJ, you should try to fast. Yeah, I'm going to fast, I'm going to fast. Hey, DJ, let's do this 36-hour fast. Okay. I decided to do it. Um, and, and I mean, it was hard, but no, this is my decision to make. This is my choice. This is how I live my life. A little tube of paper and a bunch of weed, which that's what tobacco is, and I'm not making a pot joke, is not going to control me and dictate how I spend my day. So I, uh, I quit with a gum. I quit with a pill, and I restarted both of those. This one was a choice. So... I'll never forget the last thing my mom said to me before she died. You see my smokes anywhere? <laughs> oh, that's so brutal. Is that really what she said? No, Is that really her last words? <laughs> but it was, it was, uh, I took a beautiful picture of a family reunion, one of the last pictures of our all, all our family together. Beautiful picture. My mom front and center, all the cousins, everybody around. The only thing I can see in that picture is a pack of red marbles sitting in front of the center of the picture. 
That's all I see. I totally want to send that to Philip Morris and be like, thanks. Did she really she smoke to the bitter end? To, 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 yeah. Like, I was afraid she was going to burn the house down because she had... She was on so much pain medication and morphine that she didn't even know at, at that point where she was or how she was... And she'd have three cigarettes lit. Like, I went upstairs to go get something when I was home visiting, and there's, like, burn marks in the pillow and the mattress, and I'm just like, Dad, you're going to die in this house from a fire. I'm like, you got to do something. He's like, what am I going to do? You know, this is all she's got. She's smoking. So she smoked until that morning she didn't wake up. Crazy. Yeah, I've always... I used to try and get her to quit smoking. I'd hide her cigarettes. I'd break them. I'd crush them. I'd throw them out. I was constantly in trouble when we were kids to try and get her to quit smoking. And eventually I just moved away. and I had no effect at all. But uh, when I see my friends sitting in the smoking area outside, and I'm just like, I feel bad for them. And I go up and I tell them something like that. <laughs> Do you tell smokers? Do you say things to smokers? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a it's it's a classic joke. It's a classic smart ass comment from smokers like, "Oh yeah, thanks. I didn't know I was gonna die. Oh, you just saved my life." Um, and I remember uh, as a smoker, I never really got annoyed by people telling me that shit. But at the same time, I'm going like, "Yeah, duh. Thanks, dumbass." I mean, did you really think that? Did you really believe it? There were moments where people were dicks about it that I'd be like, "Yeah." Thanks, man. Like, if they were aggressive about it... No, but, like, when you're smoking a cigarette and someone cracks that joke, like, hey, I don't know if you've heard, but those things are bad for you. Like, do you really process that it's bad for you? Are you really thinking about that part? Oh, I'll consider it. I won't think about it till they say it, but I thought about it regularly. Almost every time I bought a pack of smokes, it was like, oh, man, ah, fuck it. I don't mind. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll quit one day, or technology will be better than this one day, or whatever excuse was in my mind that day. Get those day. robot lungs going. Oh, fuck yeah, <laughs> cyborg lungs. I'm going to have, like, fucking springs for legs and everything, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, it's, I justified it that way all the time. And uh, I remember uh, a couple of buddies of mine and I were running a canopy down a hill. We didn't know a lot about speed flying at that point. Uh, it probably existed, but this is really uh, not a lot of information out there for us to understand it. Uh, so we just put our harnesses on on a really windy day in the Midwest and tried to run down little hills uh, with our canopies. Did it. Did it, yep. I did it. And <laughs> running down the hill and getting halfway down a hill, this is not a very big structure, I was so winded laying there thinking I was going to die wheezing to death. Um. I had decided, like, hey, man, I'm going to quit smoking this year. This year rolls into the summer. I keep smoking, whatever. That summer, I say, at the end of the summer, I'm like, I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to be driving to Texas this fall. I'm going to quit smoking after I drive. Because driving and smoking on a long road trip, it just passes the time. So I'm going to pass the time on a road trip smoking cigarettes. After that, when I get to Houston, I'm going to quit smoking. And I got here, and a month after I got here, I was like, God damn, I've been here a month. I ain't quit smoking. Fuck it. I'm done. And quit smoking. Nice. Yeah. So that was, that just, it was time. I decided I needed to stop talking about it and start doing it. So that's, that's when I quit. You got any uh, goals on the horizon, Hank? Goals. Not be such an asshole all the time. Um, that's always a tough one. 
but uh, you're a lot less of an asshole than you think you are, brother. Yeah, sometimes. I'm yeah, I'm definitely a work in progress, but uh, fifteen thousand is my next goal for jump numbers. You're at twelve, what? Twelve and a half, almost. Twelve five. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh. So fifteen's the next goal. Just because I'm getting older, I'm not picking twenty thousand yet. I'm gonna get to fifteen, and then once I get there, if I'm still cruising, then I got then I'll shoot for twenty. I have really no idea if I'll make it past twenty, just with my age and time and. You know, I'm in good health right now, but who knows? That's. I mean, if you make it to be 58, yeah. you'll make it to 20,000. That's eight years from now, as far as if I keep jumping at the same yeah. level of, in currency I've been jumping at. So, H- have you done your numbers the last few years? What you're averaging a year? Yeah, last year I had 950. The year before that, I had 980. The year before that, I had like 11. My best year, I think I had 13. So you're right around a thousand a year. Yeah, I'm about a. Th- I'm a little under a thousand for the last few years. Probably, probably a little bit more under that this year with the different position. Not, not working so hard to get myself students. Just uh, kind of facilitating other people getting jumps and stuff. But, but it's I'm, I'm getting older. What about uh, just skill set wise? Is there anything that you're trying to work on? Unfortunately, I don't have anything that I'm working on right now. I'm just always want to be closer, tighter, better. Want to be able to do more and and talk less and you know, teach teach students to do the same. I want to be able to work smarter, not harder. Uh but th- some goals I want to do is like I really just want to be healthy. You know, and and get as healthy as I can get with the minimal effort I've been putting into it. When you think about healthy, what does that mean to you? <laughs> Just like, like what does that look like? Not having diabetes, not losing my medical for being an old fat slob. You know, just you know, I just I want to I want to live a, a healthier life than my parents did. You know, I I know my dad works worked hard his whole life and never really did a whole lot for himself but uh you know he's got arthritis like crazy now i i have no idea like what he really can and can't do as far as uh his health and things like that i just if i make it to 70 i don't want to be riding a motorized scooter having people feed me and stuff you know i just i want to still be be able to do for myself so what are you doing to accomplish those goals not a whole lot (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a, I I eat a pretty healthy diet. Cheryl keeps me good with that. You know, there's a lot of diets out there. Kevin wants me to try the carnivore diet. Um, I I'm totally down with just eating the carnivore diet. I'm not worried about that at all. But there's a lot of vegetables in my house. There's a lot of other stuff, and Cheryl's a really good cook. So it, it's kind of hard to not eat the food that she prepares you know have you told her about how you want to eat yeah yeah i mean she and and i can i can she supports me with anything that i want to do but i have you tasted my wife's cooking i don't think i have man it's good it's so good she's such a good cook she even makes broccoli taste good, man. She's like, 
I don't know what she does. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of veggies. I, I really am. I I am too. I like. We've been de- we got a dehydrator recently. That's been the newest thing. So Rob Parker. Oh yeah, got this a dehydrator. Is the, uh, the jerk off. Yeah, we're right? having the we're having the great Spaceland jerk off. <laughs> and uh, I don't think DJ knew about this from the look on his face. No, I did, and I <laughs> love it. That's just yeah. a look of enjoyment. Yeah, like these guys, Tony and Rob, have been making this incredible beef jerky, and they're trying all these different stuff. So I, I wanted to get involved in it too, and we're going to have this big competition. And any, I think anybody else that has the gumption to be in our jerk off is more than welcome to come in and be in our jerk off with us. So it's going to be a a real kind of. A do you guys stand in a circle and hand each other each other's meat and have a circle jerk off? We were all we were actually in <laughs> in the dojo when uh, those guys kept pulling bags. That's, of, that's why the mats got so sticky. They got a little sticky in there. <laughs> yeah, it's all that teriyaki. <laughs> have well, you tried any of this meat they've made? Uh, I don't think I've had any of Hank's yet. I think I had some of Tony's, or uh, not Tony's, uh, some of uh, Rob's, maybe a couple of weeks ago when he first started. I, he and it was good. He had cut it really thin, so it wasn't like overly chewy. It was seasoned well. I liked it. What I wonder is, uh, oh, what's her nuts? Little Rob. What's her name? Felicia? Felicia, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Little what's Rob. Her <laughs> what's her nuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Uh, she had a bag, and she said one of them is marinated with a sugar-based marinade, and the other one has no sugar in it. And I just wonder how much is that sugar, sugar-based marinade? Just because I've I've come to find out, man, I can't cheat with sugar. I can't tea sugar. Just a little bit of sugar. Man, I will start eating fucking all the cake in the world. There's like spoonfuls of honey or spoonfuls of... It's not a, it's not more than a couple spoonfuls in your marinade is usually what the recipes call for. I can deal with a couple spoonfuls of honey in that mix of marinade. Yeah. That's it's easy. It's not like... Yeah, but it's for a couple pounds of meat? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're doing... I got home. Cheryl had cut up almost five pounds of meat today for, oh, the, wow. for our next batch. Um, we had strip steak, New York strip steak. It's really nice. What are you making? What flavor? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a red pepper teriyaki uh, jerky again because it's only our second try. The first one came out really good. I don't think I dried it enough. It didn't go bad or anything. We ate it super fast. but um, Oh, it was fucking good, dude. I thought it was I enjoyed good. it. I enjoy it. So are you going to make it more flavory? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, we're we're going to try and we made the sauce a little bit a little bit more zippy, and then we're going to put a little bit more seasoning on it, like a rub seasoning, like Rob's trying right now. What kind of? Just like the crushed red peppers and stuff okay. like that. Um, I got to see what she had a whole new recipe that she was trying. I haven't seen it yet. Are you guys trying anything other than meat? Yeah, we've done papaya. Those were super nice. I don't think I've ever bought a papaya before. They're big. <laughs> it was it like I kind of wasted some of it because it wouldn't all fit in the dehydrator, and we got like a six shelf one. So, but it was good. It was kind of bland. I don't know if they're supposed to. It was like really the first one I've ever bought, so I don't remember if they're ever sweeter or less sweet. Like some mangoes are sweeter than others, and you know. But it was good. It seemed ripe. Nothing was. But that came out really good. The mangoes are super nice. I love the dried pineapples and apple chips. None of that's yes. helping me with the diet, though. But it's fun yeah, it's all put. real sugary. That dried fruit. Yeah, it is. I I I'm still 
I have kind of a mixed opinion about dried fruit. That the fiber is still there, which is supposed to help your body process it and not absorb too much of the sugar. Mm-hmm. But man, I know if I have like a bag of dates or you know apricots or something like that, I feel different and I get real gassy. The sh- yeah, with that dried fruit, it just upsets my guts. But I don't know if that has anything to do with sugar or not. It makes me want candy. God, I love candy. Yeah, the, the I think I'm gonna eat a dozen donuts on Sunday. No, I can't do that. The low carb diet has been really good, and I can definitely tell. Like, if I'm if I'm being good and having low carbs, if I have a couple of potato chips, it's pretty much just like turning on the faucet. <laughs> and then yeah, then I pretty much ate half a bag of potato chips today. Like yeah, I'm the same way that when I when I cheat with that first thing, yep. it's like the floodgates come open and it's over. And then that stupid half price Halloween candy. <laughs> I had. Why I, did I buy a truckload of that? Not one piece of Halloween candy this year. Good not one. You. That has been. I walk by candy. I just like nope. Carlos had that bag in the, in the video room, and I started with one, and I don't think I left the video room until every piece of chocolate was gone. So then I went <laughs> that night, and it was and bought another bag to replace Carlos's, and I threw about six pieces in Carlos's bag, and I ate the rest of that shit. <laughs> Cheryl didn't even get it. <laughs> you ate it all. Pretty much. It was like a $10 bag for 4 bucks. Great value. Horrible for the diet. <laughs> Does it make you sick eating sugar? doesn't help me sleep well. I mean, it gives me trippy dreams. I have the greatest dreams. On sugar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish people could like record this shit because they could make full-length feature movies out of my dreams. They're amazing. Last night, I dreamed... Yeah, I had a bunch of chocolate last night before I went to sleep. That's right. <laughs> last night I dreamed that I waxed my socks up <laughs> and that I was an Olympic like speed sock skater and we were booking around this mall. Man, and I'm going so fast and I'm doing like the crossover like the Olympic guys and I'm cooking. It was so much fun. I woke up and I wanted to go buy another pair of rollerblades. But you just waxed your socks instead. I was just waxing my socks, yeah. So that's a future Olympic sport right there. You've got wood floors that could work. Yeah, it could totally work because, I mean, you know, I'm doing it right now. You can't (laughs) tell. But I'm cooking. You got spray starch? I got some spray starch. Hit your floor, put a little spray starch. Go see how slippery it makes it. Let it dry first. (laughs) And then go running at it and then stop and see what happens. All right. So uh, fun jumps. Do you have any fun jumping goals? Yes. Make five? That would be a good goal. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good goal. My next fun jumping goal is to jump with Tigger. Steph, a little order. I I owe Stephanie a jump. I want to kind of twist that that fun jumping question just a little bit for one second. Uh, You're not working on your own individual flying as much, you said. You want to get tighter. You want to get closer. Uh, You work on on work jumps, but nowhere else. Uh, You remember Brian Clark. Yeah. Brian and I have spent... uh, uh, a couple, th- we've gone to the tunnel a couple times. Ten minutes the first time, fifteen minutes the second time. I've done uh, two, uh, some two-way stuff, some just easy drills. We did some three-way with demo this last trip. Yeah. So why don't you join us? That sounds fun. I mean, I tried to talk Cheryl into going on the tunnel today. Yeah. The price cuts down real quickly if we divide it three ways. Let's go fly together. Okay. Um, demo might come in and fly with us. If he does, give a little tips, organize for us. He'll, he'll help us out. He's yeah. fun to fly, uh, fly with. Cool. I will uh, tip Brian up. I'll let you know yeah. what day. I talked to Brian yesterday. We were sat in the hangar. He came out to make some jumps, but the 
Dude, it's so it good was, seeing him back. It is so good to see him back. And it was funny talking. He was talking with Z, and Z didn't realize who Brian was, and Brian didn't realize that Z's the pilot. So they're, like, talking around things, like, explaining things to each other. Mm. And it, it was just comical. And I'm like, oh, Brian, he's our pilot. Z, he was our pilot, and he basically helped keep me alive the first winter at Spaceland. <laughs> Teaching he's, me how to jump in the winds in Texas and stuff. He's doing so good, man. Yeah. Hank, uh, thank you so much for coming on a little bit early tonight, brother. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Oh, dude. It's, it's been uh, fun again. I love it. It's good to have you back. It's good to have you around. Uh, as we get to wrap up, winter is coming. Winter is here. There's a lot of our buddies who uh, their drop zones are already closing down for the winter. And then a lot of us are going to the slower season. To those newer skydivers, those newer instructors, uh, what can we do to survive the winter, whether you're in a north drop zone and you don't get to jump at all as a fun jumper or as a staff member? Survive the winter as far as financially, mentally. What, what do you have? Well, when, when I became a quote-unquote professional skydiver, uh, Eric took me to the bank and made me open up a savings account, and he made me stick 25% of my paycheck in my savings account, every paycheck, and just consider I don't have that money. And when winter came, me and him were still going out for sushi. Everybody else was eating ramens. So if you can, and I, I mean, I understand things happen. Your car breaks down. You got to put a deposit down on an apartment or whatever, you know, but, uh, if you can, if you can put yourself a little slush fund away for the for the winter, you'll have a much easier time in the winter, and you won't you won't be so hurting. A lot of people get their paychecks and they're like, "Oh, new rig, this and uh, oh, I got to get this and this and this," and then they're like, "Hey, can I borrow ten bucks?" I'm like, "You did the same amount of jumps I did last week. Like, what did you do with all your money?" Oh yeah. Went to the bars. You can drop a hundred bucks in a bar without even trying. It gets ridiculous, man. It's, it's I, I do feel like we have a pretty good crew right now of people, like not a lot of people that are going out and drinking. Yeah, you it's, know, like that we have quite a few grown-ups around. Yeah, do, I do think, you get that sense? I think they're definitely maturing. I've watched, man. I you can tell that they're maturing just by the cars that are in the parking lot. <laughs> they all run. They they run. <laughs> yeah, they're not. You know, people actually have decent cars they're not worried about getting broke down between the camper and the parking lot yeah because they can actually make it um yeah I, th I think that as a our our particular group of friends is maturing quite well yeah i think we still have some some people working on it nick you were a fun jumper at a winter drop zone what did you do over those off months to keep you connected to the sport oh gosh i, I just i the first couple of years we didn't have a tunnel so there wasn't that, but uh, still just hung out with friends, went out to eat, uh, tried to make time with you know for other hobbies, tried to still see people, hang out, watch skydiving videos, make skydiving videos, yeah. Oh, well, I guess you made them. We watched them. <laughs> um, I actually that that makes me think. That reminds me. I'm pulling out my phone. Uh, man, a lot of people talked about and asked doing a movie night at the DZ with a projector and the screen. So um, maybe one coming Saturday night sometime soon. Um, we should just uh, pull out the projector, show a movie. Gypsy moths. Gypsy moths. Um, 
I love that one. Where are you at, Nick? Yeah, let's do it. Um, where, where you look like you're about to respond to Gypsy Moths. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. It's a classic skydiving movie. Yeah. It's the, the way it is. <laughs> it's before I, my time. And I have, a, I have a bunch of these options available. I, I have a bunch of them on my... Uh, uh, in a file, Greg gave me a bunch of movies, so we can do it. Uh, dude, we'll talk dates. We'll figure out dates. I think we're going to do movie night. Sorry, I pulled out my phone. Uh, December 1st really just sounds like it makes the most sense right now. Can you do December 1st, Nick? Can you tell? Uh, maybe. Probably. I'll go with probably. Okay, cool. Well, it's it's. we're just going to put on a projector. We're going to put on the movie. We're not going to do anything crazy special. Bring your own dreams. The Gypsy Moths was filmed in 1969. Yes. Yep. Yeah. We I might, don't know that movie. No, it's we might do Point Break. We might do Terminal Velocity. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'll put a poll out there. You guys will pick the movie. It could be Gypsy Moth. That's yeah. what people want. Um, Nobody knows what it is. Dude, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's on a list that has to be shown at some point. Why does it have to be a skydiving movie? Uh, I guess it doesn't have to be a skydiving I'm movie. I'm going to say we open up the voting to all movies. Okay. That's fine with me. <laughs> Done. Yep. Done. So we're going to give you a list of skydiving movies you can pick from. Yeah, and then maybe we do a ride-in. And then a ride-in. And straight yeah. up, man, y'all can campaign to make the ride-in. I will, like, it'll be a Facebook poll. So when you click in the name you want to ride in, and we we can veto no porns. My wife will be there. <laughs> not allowed to watch them with her. Um, what? Uh, so, yeah. Not we'll put judging. It together. Not judging. We'll put it together, man. Uh, cool. Hank, anything else uh, you want to share with your friends? No, thank you, everybody, for being awesome. Keep being good to each other. <clears throat> Share the love. Yeah. Roger Nelson said that, and yep. I think you do a great job of it. Spread the love, kid. Can you do that for me? Guys, gals, take a look at those GLR jerseys. The white one, the gray one. Which one would you guys be more interested in? How many of these should I order? Uh, I can do them before Christmas, I think, maybe. But I need to hear back from you guys right away. Give me a holler. Let me know. Uh, Till then, Mr. P is going to hit that funky, funky white boy music. Our hundredth episode is coming up. I might have the song redone for that. I hate to say that. I'm really thinking about it though. Uh, guys, gals, thanks for joining us. Next week I'll be doing a remote set from Dallas with a buddy of mine, David Pugin. I think you've met him. Yeah. Uh, till then, blue skies. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>